a public service announcement sponsored by Izzy Ray and the good folks at the Raynard Podcast Network. People look at you strange saying you changed, like you worked that hard to stay the same, like you're doing all this for a reason. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Iz, Iz, R to the EY. I used to push podcasts off the east side. Yeah, back then they would call me the best talker out of Lanks in E-Ray. Fresh off the mic, staying straight to the streamers. Based from the topics, got it shaking the speakers. Dope it in the crappy with an A to the vein. Podcast heights is where I'm fucking taking the game. Is officially. Welcome to the Raynar vs. the World podcast, hosted by yours truly, Izzy Raynard. Now, before we really get into this, before I let y'all into my home, y'all get settled in, take your shoes off, I need to run a few things by y'all real quick. See, this ain't my first rodeo. This is actually, I think, my third time doing this show. So this is like V3, version 3. And beyond that, I've had other shows that I've had. I've done different podcast shows dating all the way back to 2016. Probably like damn near 10 shows. For those of y'all who've been around for that length of time, first and foremost, thank you for dealing with my, you know, stop and go ass. Me who cannot settle down. But listen, this is legit. This is the final iteration. This is forever. I promise not to leave you ever again. Hopefully. (laughs) But even for the people who were around, y'all probably needed a refresher. For all the new people who are listening, I'm going to give you a little rundown on what we do here on the Raynard versus the World podcast. So a big thing for me is creating conversations that inspire thought and creativity. I don't like reporting. I'm not a journalist. I like to do things a little differently, you know? So let me get y'all D on the whole scenario, right? So this show, it's a pretty diverse show that touches on a range of topics from sports to nerd culture, music to movies and all sorts of categories of entertainment. But instead of reporting or reviewing, I like to instead create hypothetical scenarios and inspire, like I said, creative conversations. You know, you have these conversations and once you leave them, they get your mind moving and you start thinking of other things, other scenarios, other situations. I don't want to have the same old conversations that we've been having for decades, right? Like instead of listening to the 83rd podcast about LeBron's legacy, wouldn't you rather listen to a show that designates NBA players their hip-hop counterparts. You don't know what I'm talking about? All right, here's an example. LeBron is the Drake of the NBA. It might sound absurd to some of y'all, but when you really break it down, it makes a lot of sense. Both are extremely divisive in their respective fields, have their fair share of ardent supporters that equals their detractors, who no matter what they do, will find a way to discount their success. Is the hate warranted? In some cases, yeah, sure. But for the most part, it's just really hard for some people to admit that a corny dude always seems to keep winning no matter the circumstances. Now you're thinking about it, right? Is that a good comparison or not? 
I think it is, but now we're creating conversations where you want to think about, is there another rapper that better mirrors LeBron James's career in hip hop? And maybe you agree with me, but then you're like, hold up. What other rappers can I compare to NBA players? Isn't that much more fun than having the same LeBron versus Jordan debate we've been having for like a decade now? But it's not just sports. As much as I love music, I also love movies, film. So I thought of this idea about a year ago. I was watching the movie Back to the Future and I thought, man, wouldn't it have been cool if there was an established artist who did like a kick-ass soundtrack for this film? Like, not the music that was in the movie, because the music was pretty cool, but what if there was an artist who had to create the soundtrack for that film, and not necessarily that it plays in the film, but it was inspired to make the music. So I thought, what artist would probably have done the best at putting together a playlist of music that would represent Back to the Future? And I thought, none other than Prince. You know, he's a guy who has created futuristic sounds all the while blending in genres from old. He was in the 80s making, you know, that techno sound, but it still had that Chuck Berry influence in it. And I thought, man, if Prince made a Back to the Future album, that would have been dope. Probably a lot better than his soundtrack for the Batman album. And then I thought, man, why stop there? What about other iconic Hollywood movies? What if artists had to make albums that were influenced by the movies? Kind of like how Jay-Z did for the American Gangster album. What if we had an artist who made an album that was inspired by Pulp Fiction? That'd be pretty dope, wouldn't it? Maybe the movie Big with Tom Hanks. That's far off. But I thought that would be another dope conversation to have. And again, we're creating conversations, right? We're creating things that you don't get to see on ESPN. That you don't get to see on these different news sites or these different platforms because they're commercial and that's what they do. And the only time they're creating conversation is when they do these dumbass hot takes that no one believes, but they just put into the stratosphere so that people can talk. That's not what I'm about. I want to create fun. I want people to feel like, man, I wish I was sitting in that room and being able to put my two cents into who I thought the Kobe Bryant of rap was. I mean, I could go on and on about these fresh conversational ideas that I have, but in the spirit of the title of the show, to better help you understand what this show is all about, I brought on two of my closest friends to present a few this or that questions that should give you a better view on my views. So with me today, I have my longtime friend Colin McConnell, who also goes by Mac, and my good cousin Brian Perry, who also goes by Brian. Gang, gang, gang. What's <laughs> I, good? I couldn't think of two better guys to help me usher in this new phase of my broadcasting career. So I'm honored to have them on this inaugural episode of Raynar vs. the World. Gentlemen, how's it going today? You go ahead, Mac. You go first. Uh, good breakfast. Good breakfast. Big breakfast. You had a big breakfast today? I did have a big breakfast. He did. He Brian did. was there. Brian always has big breakfast. <laughs> he makes sure he does. Yes. Anyone who lives in Pennsylvania knows about Shady Maple. Well, that's where y'all went? 
Yep. No, was it even anybody's birthday? Nope. No, listen, this is the shistiness. Oh, they've, they've, wolf. This is the shistiness. If you live in Pennsylvania, you also know you've been hustled by an Amish person or a Mennonite person at some point mm-hmm. in your life. So we went out to Shady Maple. They said they had buy one, get one free breakfast. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we in that line. Sat in the line for 25 minutes. Jesus, yeah. Get to the front of the line. Hey, man, I'm about to get this buy one, get free breakfast. Oh, sorry. Breakfast just ended. I said, wait, hold up. It's 10.30 a.m. What, what breakfast ends that early? Oh, well, today, breakfast ended at 10 a.m. Yep. So they ended breakfast early. Only on a Monday. Because it was a Monday. No, because they had the buy one, get one free joint pop in. Oh. Yeah. So they ended it early, knowing like, oh, most people going to stand in this long ass line and not get free breakfast. And there's not a good place to eat for five miles in any yeah. direction. Yeah. I had to drive yeah. like at least like 15 minutes to another restaurant. And you already waited 25 minutes in the line. So you just screwed. Like they got us. <sighs> they finessed us. They finessed us like yeah, my man Drake. Been in finesse. <laughs> so I, I, I picked you guys for two um, separate reasons, but. They're both kind of inclusive. Mm. The first podcasting I ever did in my life was actually with Mac. That's right. Yeah. Mm. We had a show called Mac and the Fox hey. back in 2016. Oh, it's been a while. Yeah. And to be honest, if we would have kept going, maybe we'd be somewhere. Because yeah. we, we were doing podcasting before it was like really, really popular. Yeah. We just got together, I think, like once or we were churning them out like at a high rate, too, like once or twice a week. Once a week. Yeah. And we added uh, Dean to the end. was the alternate. Yeah. yeah Yank. Because you guys were doing um, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Right. The one way no one wants to be described, Dean was the alternate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you two alternated off. Oh, he's not going to listen to this. Whatever. Yeah. Fuck you, Dean. No, I love him. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been, been a, quite a journey. Yeah, I, the episode I always remember the most is when we, and this also like speaks to how long ago that was, even though it's not that long ago. We're talking six years ago, which mm-hmm. six yeah. years is a good amount of time, but it's not long in the history of time. Yeah. The episode I think that uh, I think we did the most thorough because we did a two parter was we reviewed The Life of Pablo. That's right. Yeah. And it's like looking where we're Jesus at. Jesus Christ. Play that now. I wonder how <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> Kanye is just a tortured genius. Yeah. No, he's misunderstood. So, yeah. So that, and then I think with Brian, who I always like to say is like my oldest friend, because I've known Brian Slow. my entire life. I, I don't remember a life without Brian, of mm. uh, us being family. We actually recently talked about this, that me and Brian have never gotten into an actual argument. No, this is facts. We've only ever debated. <laughs> and these debates have gotten highly contested they've been you know sometimes very heated in the moment but we never left on bad terms mm-hmm. so me and brian have good healthy debates and i always tell people that if you're going to debate somebody make sure it's a good healthy debate mm-hmm. if somebody's just standing there in front of you and saying jay-z's trash just walk away <laughs> just walk away because it's like that's not going to lead to a good healthy debate because debates have to be yes you can have some feeling in it but it has to be at some point there has to be some facts and stats that are you know involved in it or I, shared uh what would you say shared common ground common ground like from a point like like you said like if you're saying jay-z's garbage we obviously do not have the same level of quality of taste yeah of hip-hop at that right. point yeah you know? well you just gotta say hey god bless you know you believe <laughs> yeah. whatever you want that's fine i'm gonna believe what i believe yeah so um I, i've loved debating over the years with you guys uh, we've been part of some pretty legendary debates, just us three, mm. you know, even outside with uh, the friends group. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been heated ones where oh, yeah. it seemed like, you know, friendships were going to end. There's been, you know, mild mannered ones that were just funny, but we're all laughing together. So mm-hmm. um, debates 
I, I think they're essential to the culture of any culture has like, you know, debating is like a, a pillar of it. And, you know, you even go back to like in history, that's like scholars, you know, Socrates, like, yeah, Socrates. Aristotle and all that. They're like literally debating <laughs> what is life. You know, their debates were a lot more important than what ours are, mm. but they were debating nonetheless. So in the spirit of the title of the show, Reynard versus the world, I thought it would be a good idea to do this or that. Uh, you know, cats versus dogs. You know, that's like the, the most simple way I can put it. So uh, jelly versus peanut butter, you know, so, stuff mm. like that. Um, and I think that it would give my listeners a good idea of what the content of the show will be because I know you guys know me. So you guys would ask me questions that are pertinent to me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this show will be my views. And I like to create conversations. And that's what we're going to do here. So without further ado... Brian, Mac, hit me. I do just want to say, I'm pretty sure that's what Jada Pinkett Smith says every time she starts the Red Table Talk. She wants to create conversations. I just want to let you know just where you're starting from. Okay. Since you started it, we were given 20 questions to try to come up with. 20 was a lot. 10 10 apiece. 20 was a lot. 20 was a lot. So the last one, the 20th one was RIP to my man Wally. Mm. Cats versus dogs. Easy dogs. And I... And obviously, on the, I'll uh, kind of explain, and then I even give you guys a little bit of opportunity to, you know, maybe we could have like some tiebreakers here or whatnot. Dogs are just more fun. Yeah. Here's what I, w- I will say: a dog knows that you're the owner, and they're appreciative of like you. You feed me, you take me on walks, you play catch with me. I am in the strongest belief that cats think they're the owner. <laughs> I like cats, but cats. Are assholes. Cats also, if we're like arguing like which one is the better animal in like the the hierarchy of like, you know, the animal kingdom, maybe I would go cats, but I'm assuming we're talking about pets. Cats are like people in that this cat can be cool. This cat can be an asshole. This cat can be lazy. This cat could like have like kitty Tourette's. <laughs> For the most part, dogs have two personalities. You have dogs that are if they have good owners, they're good dogs. If you have dogs that are bad owners, they're bad dogs. They're very much one-track minded. I love dogs. There's a reason why they're called man's best friend. You can go on adventures with dogs. I always told myself that if I'm not married by the age of 40, I'm getting a dog and I'm going up in the woods, man. That's it. Calling it a day. <laughs> not doing that with a fucking cat. The only thing that True. cats have over dogs, there's one thing. That they go to the bathroom by themselves. I appreciate that. True. You know what's interesting about cats, as you were saying that, you're talking about throughout history earlier in the podcast, cats don't have a lot of variation. They're really just different sizes of predators. For real, yeah. So, like, if you if you have your cat, if your cat sees a mouse in the house, it's chasing, it's trying to eat it, mm-hmm. bugs, whatever, sure. trying to eat it. Yeah. You see a bobcat in the forest, a bobcat's going to try to eat smaller mammals. You see a lion, a lion's going to eat whatever a lion want to eat. Mm-hmm. However, dogs have been herding dogs. Some dogs are like uh, trained to be domestic animals or like special needs animals mm. or, you know, dogs have a lot of utility. Cats really throughout history, they've just kind of eaten whatever they could. They do their own shit. And been some serving to whatever they couldn't. Yeah. Now, I like both, but it's definitely dogs over cats. Well, Colin, you got to go ahead. I mean, for me, it's it's a similar conversation to favorite sport to watch. Um, they're different, and that's what I appreciate about both of them. On the one mm. hand, that, that, this is the key thing. Um Dogs will always love you and always, like, show you affection constantly. Sometimes that can get annoying. 
but it is reliable, and this is why it's a you know they're support animals not only physically but mentally. Um, whereas cats, yeah, sure, they might be distant. Uh, they might like not want to be pets sometimes. <laughs> they might just like glare at you, and you're like, does it want to kill me or not? But then there are times when out of nowhere it'll just come up and curl up on your lap, and then you'll go, oh my god, oh, and then you'll pet it. So you got, um, you got cats over dogs? No, I say I'm, okay. I know this is corny, but I I I'm not going to choose preferences. I have a dog, so I'm just going to vote dogs. You already know. Uh, but Colin's right; they are really annoying uh, because of how clingy <coughs> they get. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a happy meal the other day, mm. right? So I had four nuggets. Sometimes you're a little hungry, you know, mm-hmm. all the way hungry. So I got the little four nuggets. I got the little fries. They're trying to fight obesity in America right now. Yep. A losing fight. Yeah, but they're fighting much it. so. So they put apple slices in there. I had my dog. He came up to me for food, a nugget, a fry. Why did you get a happy meal? I just told you. Sometimes you're kind of hungry, <laughs> but you're not like fully hungry. All I think about is that episode of Atlanta. I think it's the first episode. Yeah, it is the first, it's the first episode. And she's like, you don't have a kid with you. And he's like, who says you have to have a kid to have a happy meal? Plus, McDonald's toys have come around low key. Mm. They have Super Mario Brother toys right now, and I was thinking I'm making a little cool little Nintendo figure. I got literally some kind of weird ghost thing that I'm pretty sure they made up for the movie. I've never seen that before a in a boo? Mario game. It's not a boo. It's not a boo. No, oh. I don't know. It's like a blue ghost flame looking thing. Hmm. I haven't seen it before in any game that I've played. Doesn't but, sound familiar. You know, could be uh, from Luigi's Mansion. No, maybe. Oh, maybe because there is a scene like that. I think in the trailer that I saw. But anyhow. So they put apple slices in there. Mm-hmm. So I gave the dog the apple slice. Mm. Can your dog have apples? My fiance said he could. If Peter's listening, he couldn't. I don't know. <laughs> so I gave him the apple slice. And he instead of like eating it, he starts to play with it. Mm. So he literally is tossing the apple slice <laughs> up in the air all over the place. And he throws the apple slice from his mouth to my face. And I'm just like, bro, seriously? <laughs> so yes. I actually will also vote dogs, but they can't be annoying. Hmm. Alright, what's next on the list? Okay, uh, so this is the first one that I came up with. Okay, I think this, I mean, uh, you're a musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you'll appreciate this. 90s or 2000s hip-hop slash R&B? Which decade you got for hip-hop and R&B? Mm. Mm, that's tough because I do think that, like, you know, a lot of people herald the 90s as, like, the golden era mm. of hip-hop. And I do think, like, lyrically... Like that's probably like the height of hip hop, mm-hmm. um. But sometimes you listen to that and you're like, man, these beats really don't don't age well, you know. And they're mm-hmm. very like stripped down and um. You know, sometimes when I'm listening to some like P Diddy stuff, I'm like, man, this is like too much glitz and it's it's mm-hmm. a lot of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even though I love '90s hip hop, you're really only getting for the most part, you're only getting one thing. You know, mm. it's like, we, we got burgers. <laughs> you know, then you get to the 2000s, and yes, it gets a little more diluted with, like, sugar, but there's a little more variety. You know, I didn't realize till a couple of years ago how much I appreciate Nelly. Mm. You know, and it's like, I think, like, Nelly's essential to hip-hop history. And it's like, that's really, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with the 90s. Uh, because the later part of the 2000s is probably like the worst era of two, of hip hop ever. <laughs> mm-hmm. 2000s, uh, what is it? 2006 or 2007 might be the worst year. Yeah, like in hip hop, the later 2000s going into the early 2010s, yeah. it's pretty much like it almost felt like there was an evacuation. Like all of the bigger good names, like Jay Z, Eminem, Nas, um, they kind of just like forsake hip hop, and then so we were stuck with like 
Florida. You, you had yeah, like that's what that's what started popping yeah. up. Like you did have your Waynes and you did have your Kanyes, but we still didn't have the Kendricks, the Coles, the Drakes yet. So we, it was like very small. Like it, it's kind of weird to think when like Ti was like one of the most important figures at that time. Now I love Ti, yeah, but Ti should not be carrying the load for hip hop. I think you got the internet too, the beginning of the internet. Yeah. That was a uh, sea change for a lot of things, but that kind of pops off at that time. Cell phones as well. Mm-hmm. Ringtone rap. Ringtone rap. Jesus yeah. Christ. I always tell people there's a lot of subgenres in rap. You know, there's uh, gangster rap, there's hardcore, there's conscious rap, backpack rap. The worst subgenre of hip hop in history is easily snap rap. Oh, Jesus. Like yeah. the Soldier Boy. Uh, OJ the Juice Man for them franchise boys. Mm-hmm. The beats are fucking terrible. Hey, like babe, they, babe. yeah, like they sound like <laughs> they sound like they were made on your phone, uh, like yeah. an app that you can get today on like on an Android or an Apple phone. They are fucking atrocious. The lyrics there, there's no lyrics, and I know that's not the goal of that music. It is so. It was like there was so many one hit wonders. It was. Terrible, terrible, yeah. terrible, terrible. So, because of that, I'm gonna lean with the '90s because the '90s, you know, it has Biggie, it has Pac, it has Jay, it has Dre, Ice Cube. It has a lot of legends. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the the, the <coughs> decade where hip hop built its foundation. Mm. So I'm gonna have to go with that. Yeah. Speaking of, but I did A-B-A. real quick. I, I did. I do still have like a somewhat of a soft spot in my heart for the for the 2000s because that's when I became a hip hop fan. Right. Because yeah. that's my age. Yeah. You know, so like the 50 Cent era, that's when I became a dipset and all that. That's when I became a hip hop fan. So I have a soft spot, but looking at it retrospectively, 90s is better. Speaking of Bay, if you were wondering how Hurricane Chris aged. Oh, he's, isn't he in jail for murder? He is. Second degree murder. Mm. The answer is not well. <laughs> <laughs> the braids are falling out, it looks like. The hairline's receding a little oh, bit. Oh, Lord. Oh, man. He's, it's not a good look. It's not a look good. Not a good look at all. All right, what we got next? Uh, yeah, go back and forth, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Stepping on the topic of music, two of the greatest producers of all time. Mm. Oh, I like this one. <clears throat> Dr. Dre or Pharrell? Dr. Dre. Ooh, that was fast. Was. I don't know. Um, here, here's what I'll say about Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre is easily the most impactful, influential hip-hop figure in hip-hop history today. Now, maybe there will be other guys who have, you know, haven't had the time to see their impact on the game and the genre quite the way that Dr. Dre has, but it's like, he assembled, like, I always say, like, he's Thanos. He has, like, all the stones. He brought us Snoop. He brought us M. He helped bring us 50. He helped bring us Kendrick. Um, he revitalized Pac's career, mm-hmm. Death Row, N.W.A. Like b- pretty much gangster rap and hip hop rap are because of him. He created a sound that is now still utilized today. Um, even when you think of things like beats, like that is like the number one way that like most people listen to music nowadays. Like the the headphone brand, mm-hmm. um, Apple Music. Apple Music. Pretty much Interscope was built on his back. Him and G- Jimmy Iovine. It's like that's their Interscope. Yeah. Um, so even like the non aftermath artists that are on Interscope, it's kind of because Dre and Jimmy built that together. Um, as a producer, 
it's closer. Like, and we're talking about like producing beats. I think that the Neptunes, and that's the thing too. People say Pharrell, but you have to say the Neptunes sure. because mm-hmm. there's a reason why Chad is there. Like, if if Chad did nothing, then he wouldn't be there. Yeah. So you know, Chad, he is, um, he he's in the background, but he's definitely contributing. Um, the one of the things I like about the uh, the Neptunes is their beats are really fucking good. And you know it's a Neptune's beat, but it never sounds like you're like, oh, that's a Neptune's beat. <laughs> yeah. I know because they keep doing the same shit. It's like, I don't know what it is. I, I, I know they like to use like guitars and like congos and and, and, and like it sounds like live instrumentation. Um, In the modern era, I mean, there's not many people that would beat Pharrell in a versus. He has longevity over Dre, I think you can say. As a as a straight producer, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yes. Like as a like actually producing music content. Um, it's really close in terms of that, but if we're talking about like who they are and what they mean to hip hop, I'm going Dre over Pharrell. But if we're talking about the music that they produced, it's really fucking close. Mm. Because the one thing too I have to say is Dre, like in the early in his career, he produced like three classic albums back to back to back. Mm-hmm. Straight out of Compton, The Chronic, Doggy Style. Yeah. And like The Chronic, a lot of people argue that that might be one of the best, if not the best hip hop album of all time. And it's like hard for me to argue that it's not. Yeah. You know, um, I just listen to it now and I'm like, this guy really like, he became the first hip hop composer. There's songs on an album that he's not on. Yeah. You know, and it's like, he's like fucking Quincy Jones of rap. <laughs> True. So I would give it to Dre because he's fucking Dre. I mean, you basically saw what Dre would do in a versus. It was the Super Bowl last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. That, that, yeah. That's a Dre versus. It's like anybody who would ever consider wanting to do a versus with me, this is what it would be. Don't fuck with me. Yeah. But I do love me some Neptunes and Pharrell. Yeah, I'll lean the uh, other way. So I would go Pharrell personally, um, only because of something that you mentioned, but I'll kind of expand upon. Um, Dr. Dre has a sound, you know, that West Coast sound. Um, and with Eminem, he broke that a little bit in terms of like some of the beats that he produced for him. But when you look at um, Pharrell and some of the beats that he's produced over time, some of the artists that he's worked with, um, he's done pop songs, you know, um, even some of the stuff that he's done with as, as light as it sounds with Despicable Me, he made Happy a hit song, mm-hmm. you know, just hitting different genres and being able to go with different sounds. You know, that versatility makes me lean Pharrell. He's in my top five all time. Plus, every time I hear that snoo, <laughs> you know, like, oh, hold on. I, I also I've I've said this a million times. The Neptunes have mastered making fire. They're like like what is a minute like a famous minimalist painter? Mm. I'm not very mm. familiar with art in that like visual art. Well, like whatever you call that type of art, like painting, they the Neptunes are like the king of that. Like you have like. Drop it like it's hot, grinding. Mm-hmm. They can take like three instruments and make a fire ass beat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I'd probably lean towards Frail. I have more songs of Frails that I really love. And to speak to Brian's point, there is a song off of I think it's on the bonus disc. I actually heard this on Frank Ocean, uh, his his blonded radio. Mm. Uh, speaking of Apple Music, uh, back when that was about music, I think he just uh, interviews <laughs> weirdos now. <laughs> Um, but, uh, it's from the bonus disc of Miley's rap album. Remember that one? Bangers. Yes. But it's, it's called, um, uh, fuck it. Um, um, rooting, rooting for my baby. And it's like a country kind of like, uh, song. Mm -hmm. And I, 
I never checked who who uh, who produced it until recently. And I was like, this Pharrell. It's he is incredibly versatile. Oh, he he did, he did Justin. He did Britney. Yeah, mm-hmm. you yeah. Know, Brian's Brian's gonna know this. You you mentioned Despicable Me. He also produced the soundtrack for the SpongeBob two movie. There's some fi- <laughs> there's some fire on there too. Fire. There's some fire on there too. Straight bangers. What's the, this a song called? Squeeze me. Mm. Squeeze me till you put till I pop. That on fire, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's fire. That might be TVMA. We can't be. Yeah, I know, right? Pop no more. Pop. <laughs> <I am. laughs> All right, what's next? Um, okay, what do I want to do here? You should do this one next because you came up with that. Already. All right, say less. Oh, here it's my turn. Okay, now. go okay. do your thing. Um, so <laughs> I'm gonna set the. This actually is perfect because I came. This is the first time at your apartment, and uh. When I looked at your coffee table, you had three books, one of which is Eminem, your favorite rapper, of course. Mm-hmm. And then on either side, flanking it, were the two subjects of this question. So, Ooh. Brady mm. or Kobe? It's like as my favorite athlete? Yes. <sighs> Tom Brady's obviously the greater athlete. Not not like pure physical skill. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, for the most part, usually bas- basketball players are usually more athletically inclined than football players. But what Tom Brady has accomplished in his career is unrivaled pretty much in damn near every sport. Um, he plays in probably the most competitive sport in the entire world and somehow has still won seven Super Bowls on two different teams. Yeah, that's insane. Um, he's 45 years old. He just set the record for the most completions in one season. Mm. In a season that his team went eight and nine. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, when I like even when I watch the Bucks now, I'm like, I Brady's not Brady anymore, but he's still probably like a fucking top ten quarterback, which is fucking crazy. Yeah. At his age. You know, and having to deal with like I think people underrate like this dude's going through a divorce and like I remember <laughs> I remember when I, I remember when I, <laughs> I remember when I'm going through breakups, I'm not like hopping in the studio and like about to drop some fire. Yeah. Like that's distracting. You probably should have. You could have made a Drake album off of that. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. But like you know, it's it's when I went through some of my heartbreaks, it was hard to go to work, and yeah. and football is his work. Um, but I like Kobe more because the one thing that about Tom Brady for me that always felt like a disconnect. I feel like his life is football, mm-hmm. and like yeah. Kobe obviously has like a basketball was his life, but Kobe seemed like a person. He seemed like somebody who had a personality, um, somebody who you know I would like to talk to and have dinner with. Tom Brady, he's a machine. And maybe that's why he's so good. But like there are some like videos that I've watched where Tom Brady does have like a good sense of humor and he does seem like a cool guy, but I don't know, it's just like football is so much of his life. He lost his wife. <laughs> he chose football <laughs> over his family. Yeah, like I I love the memes where like this motherfucker thinks he's Goku. <laughs> if he was uh Liam Neeson and taken, and if they called him on Sunday, we've taken your wife and children, he'd be like or I'll see you tomorrow, bro. Let me, <laughs> let me play this game real quick. I have an extreme set of skills for the gridiron. Yeah. <laughs> you have to help yourself. Nah, um, and I just love, like, the Mamba mentality was, like, something that I actually, like, applied to myself, like, in, in trying to, like, motivate myself. Um, Kobe was my first favorite athlete. Before I even liked sports, I liked Kobe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, him and Shaq on the Lakers, I thought, you know, what kid doesn't like Shaq, you know, back in the day, you know? <laughs> Uh, Kazam is probably a shitty movie, but we liked it. Loved it. <laughs> you know, uh, Shaq Fu. I played that video game. <laughs> I bought the new one. 
It was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like um, I've always loved Kobe. Um, watching his career, one of my biggest regrets in life is that I've never seen Kobe play live. Uh, I remember watching the 60-point game, something that we actually talked about on the podcast mm. that we did. Um, yeah, it's Kobe for me. I always felt like a, an actual connection to him. Obviously, I don't know him, but I don't know. Kobe, Kobe was a, he just seemed like a cool-ass dude. Um, somebody that you could look up to. I'm not saying you can't look up to Tom Brady, but it's just like Tom Brady can be a little vanilla sometimes. And kind I lo- distant. Yeah, I love Tom. Watching Tom Brady play is, you know, especially like when his team's down. Like a lot of you're you're an Eagles fan, mm-hmm. and I'm and you know, <laughs> uh, when we played in that uh, second Super Bowl, when Tom Brady had the ball, you were probably thinking we're gonna lose this fucking game. Yeah, I <laughs> thought he was the, it was the Terminator. Yeah, right. Like, coming Until Brandon field. Graham yeah. got that strip sack. <laughs> Um, but that's just how you feel when Tom Brady possesses the ball. I mean, even last year when they lost against the Rams, mm-hmm. you know, so I love watching Tom Brady play. I probably like watching him play more than I liked Kobe playing because as much as like over the years, I've had to admit like, yeah, Kobe's not like, he's not like, a, like some of better than a lot of these other guys where Tom Brady is probably number one. Um, I've had to admit like, you know, Kobe, you know, kind of like fucked up his own career with some of his own shit. Mm. But I just... I also think that Kobe was deeply flawed and that's why I liked him too. Because yeah. it's like, it's like Tom Brady, what can we fucking nitpick about you on? Mm-hmm. Like even the, the divorce, we don't know anything. Maybe it's fucking Giselle's fault. Like we don't fucking know. And it's just like, <laughs> I, I think to some extent, I think that's why a lot of people don't like Tom Brady because yeah. there's nothing that they can truly say about him. Mm. And so they're just like, I just fucking hate his face. <laughs> Cause he's just like perfect. Odds are he's beating your team in some kind of meaningful game. Right. So. So, yeah, I'm going to choose Kobe. That is a very hard one. You guys got some good ones. I was going to say, I think me and Colin are both going to pass. Uh, I, I'm a fan of the Dallas Mavericks. Kobe's bounced us out of playoffs and whooped us in the regular season on multiple occasions. I've heard you say more bad things about Kobe than Tom Brady, though. I love Shaq. So, you know, he betrayed, <laughs> he betrayed Shaq. Okay. Um, Tom Brady's probably going to beat my team this coming Monday. I'm a Cowboys fan, and the Bucks play us. So, um, I'm, a, I'm just going to pass. I ain't going to talk no, no ill will on both of them dudes. <laughs> All right, what we got? Okay. As we speak right now, you and I are both wearing Nike gear. Yes, we are. We are both lovers of Jordan. We are. But if you had to choose to wear all Jordan attire, Mm -hmm. Mm T-shirts, hoodies, hats, sneakers, for everything, which means you're going out, you got to wear Jordan. You're running, you gotta wear Jordan. You know, General Jordan don't got no good running sneakers. You're balling, you gotta wear Jordans. Everyone hates somebody that balls in Jordans. Or Nike. And you gotta think. So Ooh. Nike's gonna have better running shoes. Nike's gonna have better like casual shoes. I'm gonna go Nike. That's what I was thinking. But I'm gonna go Nike because there are Jordan only has one good thing. Nike has other good things. And there it's not like you're saying. Man, ankles up, I'm going to be good, but my feet are going to suck. They have Air Maxes. Mm-hmm. They have Air Force Ones. They have Dunks. So I'm going to go. I mean, I do love it. My favorite streetwear shoe is Jordan. But I'm definitely going to go. If I could have to wear one or the other from head to toe, it's definitely going to be Nike. Because if you step out the house in all Jordan, you're going to be fun of. <laughs> <laughs> that or you're Mexican. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know if you have an opinion on this one kyle i do oh well i'd, I'd say nike too i don't honestly have you i don't ever worn a jordan no that's what we're i'm getting you a jordan one day Ooh. they gotta be all black but you gotta be yeah all black. i'll get you 
I'll get you a pair of Jordans one day. I would be able to wear jeans. I like wearing jeans, so that's kind of sucks either way. But. They have some low tops. Really? Yeah. They, yeah. Have, they have low tops. Not all of them are fire, but. I'd go Jordan personally, but I would avoid Zion's brand at all costs. It looks mm. like a little kid brand. <laughs> For sure. Hold up. So you would pick Jordan head to toe? I would wear Jordan head to toe, but you also got to think. You're not balling ever again. Well, actually, I'm, no. I'm, I'm a parry. That's bullshit. I'm super flashy. The 30 somethings are actually pretty good ball shoes. Yeah, you could wear them, but the thing is, I'm definitely getting clowned because my game isn't that great. So, like, I show up to Jordan, they're going to be like, oh, Jordan had the toe? Oh, this guy. They're going to be going hard. Yeah. Matter of fact, they're going to try to catch me in one of those um, YouTube clips where somebody dunks Mm -hmm. on me Mm. or somebody breaks my ankles. Yeah. And then it's going to have, like, that big point arrow (laughs) fraud alert. And it's going to make that, like, buzzing sound. You know, like, I'm definitely going to be a target. But, you know, hey, listen, I'm bombastic. I'm wearing a Nike yoga hoodie right now. Mm. Super comfy. Breathable, I imagine. Breathable. Yeah. It has these really cool thumb splits. Okay. Wish we had video right now. <laughs> <laughs> but let me tell you, it's definitely comfy. But if anybody tries to rob you, you're like, no, motherfucker. <laughs> Ooh, I'm, I'm taking ch- my you know jacket. What? Right off of that, I'm going to change back to Nike because you're getting robbed. You go out in all Jordan gear all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you're definitely getting robbed. Yeah. Niggas literally get killed over Jordans. Goddamn. I never heard somebody getting killed over Air Maxes. I'm waiting for that Netflix show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I haven't. I have a good sports one. We're going to save that for a second because I want to diversify here. Mm. Um, actually, this might be the only video game one on the list. Uh, this was suggested by Brian because he knows you. You don't play video games much <clears throat> anymore. Nah, man. I, the, the, but once my mom stopped buying me them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is from your childhood, okay. according to Brian. Uh, Crash Bandicoot or Donkey Kong? Damn. <laughs> You see, America, he didn't answer that one quick. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, because it's like Donkey Kong, like, Donkey Kong was the foundation of my gaming. Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. Because I don't people think I'm, I'm dirt old. <laughs> I'm not talking about Donkey Kong with Mario. Uh, Donkey Kong Country was the foundation of my gaming, Super NES. Um, I also believe that, Donkey, in my opinion, and it's not my opinion because it's not true. It's preference. Um, my favorite soundtracks are from the Donkey Kong Country video game. Mm. Drake agrees. Yeah. Six God. <laughs> um, they are great. Fantastic music. Donkey. Yeah. I don't know if you know who Donkey is. YouTuber. He recently made a series of videos about the Donkey Kong Country games. You got to put me on. And he really just, he talked about the music most of the time. It, like That music is fucking insane. It, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, but Crash Bandicoot probably established me as a gamer. Mm. Because it was the PlayStation, the first one. Um, that's where I really started like feeling like I was a gamer. Mm. Um, Crash Bandicoot 2 was the first one I played. Um, I think that was called Cortex Strikes Back. Um, mm-hmm. And then the third I, one is The Wrath of Cortex. Yeah. No, I thought that was Warped. Yeah, it is Warped. It's Warped. Yeah. Three is. So then is the second one The Wrath of Cortex? It is, yeah. Two, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Um, those games... Damn. And it's like the first, like, that's the first time you're playing a game that's not side-scrolling platforming. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I remember the first time I played Crash Bandicoot was actually, um, PlayStation used to have the demo disc. Yep. And I played the level where you're running from the boulder, like on some Indiana Jones right. shit. Yeah. And I was like, man, that was fucking amazing. And I, <laughs> I played that little demo probably dozens upon dozens of times. Um... Damn, I recently, it's funny because I recently revisited both. Mm-hmm. I recently played and beat the Insane Trilogy mm-hmm. front to back. And I recently 
beat Donkey Kong Country 1 front to back. Really? Yeah. Oh, nice. Hard game. Yes. Um, I'm going to lean Crash Bandicoot, which to me is, I'm, I'm like shocked in myself for picking that. <laughs> I thought you were going Donkey Kong. I, I think that the Crash Bandicoot games are, I can't say they're better. No, I wouldn't say they're better. They're, they're just, both very good. I mean. I just think I felt like a better connection to Crash Bandicoot. Like when I was a kid, I wanted Crash Bandicoot toys. Mm. I wanted like Brian had a Crash Bandicoot stuffed animal. I was so fucking pissed and jealous. <laughs> and then he got a spiral one on top of that. I was like, yo, Damn. fuck this dude. Um, I think I'm going to Crash Bandicoot because I feel like Crash Bandicoot might be the game that's responsible for making me, for a time, a gamer. Mm-hmm. But I do fucking love Donkey Kong Country. Like if I had to make a top 10, those are definitely both of my top 10. Crash Bandicoot 2 and then probably Donkey Kong Country 2, mm. which doesn't even have Donkey Kong in it. Yeah, Diddy Kong, right? It's Diddy and Dixie. Yeah. Really, really good. Yeah. I don't know if you have a preference. I don't know if you've played Donkey Kong Country. I haven't played much of either. Um, so I, I can't. Uh, You're not a platform play. guy, right? No, really? not. No, okay. never, never, never. Uh, it's difficult. I'd go Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. Really? I expected you to go the other way. You know, because you got into Donkey Kong later, right? No. So the guy who used to babysit us had Donkey Kong and it was always too hard for me to play they are hard. when I was younger. So I had to play it when it was on Game Boy Color. Mm-hmm. So I played it then when it was on Game Boy Color. Uh, and I still don't think I really beat it. I had to be honest with you at that time. Cause I gotta think, but uh, either way, I was never a huge Nintendo guy growing up. I played Pokemon, I played Donkey Kong, and that's pretty much it. I didn't play too many of the Mario platformers. I didn't play too many Zelda games, but I was always super jealous of the fact that they had Donkey Kong because mm-hmm. it's a franchise they have kind of like dismissed. They've made yeah. two of the new ones, and they they haven't they barely made them. They haven't made one since. 2014, maybe? So it's been a lot of years, and a lot of people, it was critically acclaimed. But it's not a high-selling franchise like those other ones are. Which is crazy. Which is kind of ridiculous. Well, and that was Rare that developed the country games. Mm -hmm. And it was Retro that developed the two new ones. So it's like they they don't put their own people on it. They Mm -hmm. They outsource it. And now, like, so with Crash Bandicoot, you can buy the Crash Bandicoot games on sale. I would recommend it highly. Donkey Kong Country is still... Like, our Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze is still mm. $60. Wow. Donkey Kong Returns is still $60. <sighs> yeah, it's So, like, I want to get in. I want to jump in. But I'm like, dang. Like my man Izzy said, it's a recession, my man. It joint hits hard. Yeah. yeah. I do think if I had to pick one for Colin to enjoy, I think he would enjoy the Crash Bandicoot games more. Mm, yeah, especially since they're remastered. Yeah, and if you're not, yeah. like, if you're not a big fan of platforming, there are certain elements that aren't, like, super platformy. Like, it yeah. doesn't... It doesn't have like the difficult like time jumping shit mm. that like a Donkey Kong or Super mm. Mario has. Right. You yeah. can enjoy it more, and they're they're like racing levels and stuff like that. I would also say like if you play the original Crash, it wasn't because because gra- graphics at that time weren't what they are now. It wasn't visually crisp mm. because mm-hmm. of the art style that they went with compared yeah. to Donkey Kong. Yeah. So if you had to play the old ones, I would say play Donkey Kong because Crash was difficult the first one. And there's some platforms that aren't very crisp. Like you don't. Sometimes you don't see what you're doing. Donkey mm. Kong still looks amazing. To Donkey Kong style still yeah. fire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. The, yeah, the one at the top. I was thinking because you came up with that too. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. With no, the no, second part you, of it. I see you. I see you. Yeah. Okay. There's some athletes <laughs> and some things that you love, and a lot of this list have been things that you love. Mm-hmm. There's also things that you hate. Mm-hmm. Athletes that you hate. Mm-hmm. 2023, let's say, hypothetically, you have Eli Manning coming back. You got James Harden still playing in the NBA, still doing his thing. Hell yeah. 
You'd have to see one of them win a championship. Both of these athletes, I know you have hatred for, as do I. Which of these two athletes would you want to see succeed? I need to interject and say, I really hope James Harden wins a championship this year on the (laughs) Philadelphia 76ers. My answer is going to be based on spite. (laughs) (laughs) Eli Manning robbed me of one of the greatest moments of my life, Mm. beating the Patriots in the in route to the 18 and one season. And then when he beat us a second time, I don't know why, but that one actually hurt more because mm. I because I felt like I knew it was coming. Yeah. And I'm like, this can't happen to fucking again. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, also that team, the second Giants team wasn't as good yeah. as the first one. They didn't have Michael Strahan anymore. It didn't make sense how they were there in the first place. They got That's, that 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 was probably the luckiest I've ever seen a team get to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying they beat us by luck getting to the Super yeah. Bowl. I don't know if you guys remembered. They had that 49ers kick returner who muffed two. Yeah. And the one like barely grazed his knee. Mm-hmm. And they were like, just like people were like shit on him because like he shouldn't have been next to it anyway. And it was like an overtime or something. Yep. Um, that was probably the luckiest path I've ever seen uh a team get to a Super Bowl. I remember Aaron Rodgers, they were 15 and one. He's just like shit the bed. Yeah, rusty, real rusty, that Packers team when they yeah. Them. yeah. And it was like crazy because that was that was their defending champion year. Yep. And he came out and he just fucking they shit the bed. Yeah. Well, I think that they rested their starters the last week. Yeah, they, they yeah. didn't play for like and three. And then weeks. they had the first round by. And yep. before that, they had rested some guys. So like you're saying, they were a lot of them were rusty. Yeah. Um, I don't remember who else they played on, but I remember those two games specifically. Oh god, that was the one where the the Falcons. That was the first game, the wild card game, and the Falcons only scored two points. You know, the Falcons only scored a safety. Oh god, abysmal football game. Was the the Giants division winners that year? Yes, they got ten and six. At right? nine and seven. I think. Nine and seven. Yeah, god. and they had a negative point differential, if I remember correctly. So that one, <laughs> that's why that one hurt more yeah. because they were a worse team. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the Patriots, I believe they were like you know their usual thirteen and three. It's not like it was the best Patriots mm-hmm. team. It's actually it was actually probably the worst Patriots teams to ever be in a Super Bowl as well. Yeah, um, that one just and then the like, I don't know. I, I also think uh, Eli Manning played better in that second game. Like he actually had some dimes. Like that one to Mario Manningham. Yeah, Jesus. Dime. The, the the David Tyree one's luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I hate watching that play because I'm like, look at all this hoding that's going on. You had fucking uh before that Asante, Asante Samuels Samuel dropped the pick that he the same pick that yep. he had against McNabb. Mm-hmm. Um he already has his championships. Fuck him. <laughs> I, I like the Mannings as like as as people. They're great on Monday Night Football. James Harden. It's it's for me James Harden not succeeding because of spite because I want to be right about James Harden <laughs> <laughs> because I I am right to this point in my life saying that James Harden does not play winning basketball mm. and if he finally wins I cannot have that over him yeah and so like I don't want that to happen because I and it's not like again I don't dislike James Harden as a person um, I've actually remembered that he used to have like these commercials for like Foot Locker that were very funny do you guys remember when he was singing. Yeah, he like he's like I'm I'm not playing no more. I'm gonna sing now. And he's like singing about his beard. Um, I actually used to like James Harden until he was on the Rockets, and it was just a style of play. Like, and it wasn't even like the traveling. It wasn't even like the the flopping. It was the stoppage of the game. Mm. Like he's getting he's getting to the line like ten times a game, and so it's like we're stopping the game ten times just for you. Yeah, it's very boring to watch. Yeah. Um, and then just watching someone dribble the shit out of the ball. Now, a lot of, I know a lot of people will say, you like Luka, and Luka does the same thing. 
when we get to the playoffs, Luca's numbers go up. James yeah. Harden's numbers go down. Yeah. And he just choked a lot. So um, out of spite, I would not want to see James Harden ever win anything. <laughs> Sorry, Colin. <laughs> I hope and honestly, wrong. there's a lot of rumors that he wants to go back to Houston. Yeah. That's not a guy you want on your team. There's nothing in Houston. Houston is the worst team in the league right now. It's like he so bad wants to be at the strip clubs <laughs> and, and doing and eating the fried chicken and doing all the things that he fucking likes to do that he rather leave the one of the best players in the league with with Embiid to go fucking play with trash. Yeah. The guy's not a winner. Yeah. Well, you heard Colin's answer. He'd be rooting for James Harden and I'm a Cowboys as, fan, so as long as he's on the Sixers. As long as long as he's on the Sixers. And I'm a Cowboys fan, so it's not a discussion for me. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, this is the one I was talking about before. Yeah, you can only keep one. Mm. Butler's pick or 28 to 3? You lucky devil. Yeah, right. <laughs> I actually had tears in my eyes when Javon Curse caught that ball. I think his name is Javon Curse, right? His last name is Curse. I'm the guy who caught the ball right to set the, the Seahawks oh, up. Oh, um, oh, no, that was, um, oh, shit. What was in his last name Curse? Was it? Maybe, I don't know. Somebody, I can't remember. Somebody looked it up real quick while I talk. Um, when he caught that ball, because he was like on his back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The ball like danced on his chest and then he caught it. And then I remember Malcolm Butler actually was the one who made the tackle to, to get him out of bounds from going into the end zone. And I had tears in my eyes. And I remember saying to myself, this is how we're always going to lose with mm. these bullshit, mm. improbable catches. <laughs> I was like, this is the third time now. You had the, the the helmet catch from David Tyree, the Mario Manningham damn near out of bounds. And I was like, and now this fucking one. And we were going to lose that game. Mm-hmm. There was less than a minute left on the clock. We were going to lose that game. And not only the fact that Malcolm Butler picked that off, like he knew like when you watch yeah. it, he knew as soon as they line up, he's like, "Oh, this is the play that you know we play, we we trained in in in, in um Seattle. Uh, yeah, we 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 trained for this, and so like the fact that he caught it, I didn't know who Malcolm Butler was, and I'm a big Patriots fan, mm-hmm. undrafted guy. Um, to have that moment, twenty eight three was fucking amazing, but I don't know. I, I just felt like I felt out of it. I felt out of it until uh, Dante Hightower strip sacked Matt Ryan. I just like sitting there numb on my couch. Mm -hmm. I was fully invested in the Seahawks Patriots game. Because also if if the Patriots lose that game, then Tom Brady is probably not the GOAT. Yeah. Because then he loses three in a row. He wins three. He wins three in a row, loses three in a row. Mm. He got that LeBron record. Right, so it's like he's not the goat if they lose that game. Mm-hmm. So it's for me that is actually more important. Um, yeah, I'm going the Butler pick. Every time I watch it, my heart flips. <laughs> uh, also, you can't you can't watch twenty eight three. It's not one thing, you know. It's True, like, it's a grind. Yeah. Um, it is like incredible. Um, but I feel like there's a lot of like legendary comebacks in NFL history. There's only one Malcolm Butler pick. I've never seen a game end like that. On that level. Yeah. Like at the goal line, a pick. And then also, one of my favorite things, seeing Richard Sherman's face. (laughs) Not that I dislike Richard Sherman, but his reaction or his face, like it's cartoonish. It like drops. His jaw drops. It's like goofy, like, you know, in the Mickey Mouse cartoons. 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to Butler pick. Mm. I was with y'all. We watched it at your house on yeah, Plum Street. No, I, I was not with you. I was at Penn State. Oh, that's right. That's right. Andrew was there. Yeah. Our friend Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I've, I got all this food. I was like, oh, we're going to watch it together. And I'm like, that was like the ones that I did all this for nothing. <laughs> I was actually by myself watching the Falcons game. Mm. Brian tried to get me to go out to um, some guy's house. But I, I don't know. For me, it's really tough to go to like when my teams are the Super Bowl, it's really go to, tough to go to other people's houses because I don't know if they're dedicated football fans like me. Mm. And so like the focus isn't on the game. And they're just like they're dancing. And yeah, yeah. They're taking shots. I'm like, yo, chill the fuck out. Like, yeah. I've been to places like that before, and it's not an, it's not really fun. The year of the 28th to 3, I was invited to two Super Bowl parties. Both were by Patriots fans. One Patriots fan threw everybody out of the house. Was it JC? It was JC. Okay, that makes sense. Shout out to my man, J. Sizzlebizzle. Yeah. Threw everybody out of the house. Then he had to watch the comeback by himself. <laughs> the other guy, man, his family was like really strongly Christian, so they were just sad. They were sad. They prayed at one point. I like bowed my head and I was like, oh, what, God. what's going on here? They prayed for Brady's family, hoping that they were okay with the loss. Oh, I was like, God. dang, this is just sad. And then when they came back, like once again, they prayed. <laughs> being, being Christians is a very weird place, man. You're mm. praying all the time. So, um, yeah, either way, it was just weird. Just weird more than anything. And then I have a cousin in Atlanta um, and I called him and he was pretty depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. You actually called me. You called me after the Butler pick, and you were drunk. And yes. You, 2013 was a really bad year for me. Mm. 2014 was a really bad year for me. I had a lot of like personal shit. And you were like, yeah, you deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you deserve it, is. Yeah. After all that, it, didn't, it, it was heartwarming. I remember that. So, yeah, I'm going that. All right, Colin, what's next on the list? Let's tell one on the top. Trying to see what we have on cover. We got we got a lot of good things. Oh, the artist or the album? What do you think? Because we were just discussing both. Oh, uh, leave that up to you. Serious, your turn. You can only choose one of these albums. The rest must be deleted. So this is more than just two options. No, no, no. no. Okay, okay. One album stays. The other album has to go. Doesn't exist. Okay. Purple rain. Or thriller, thriller. Mm. Dang, that's, that's fast. That was instant. I'm a I'm a bigger MJ fan, and I don't know. I feel like musically, Purple Rain is probably better, but Thriller is a better listening. Like for me, it's it's mm. easier to listen to, mm. and it's it's just like bro. Like if we're talking about like verses, like we're talking about like uh like the Thriller shit, like you know where we're artists verse each other. Mm-hmm. If you just play like Thriller front to back, it's nine songs. It's like it's nine W's. <laughs> You got Wanna Be Starting Something, Thriller, Beat It, Billy Jean, Human Nature, mm. PYT. God damn. Like, that's crazy. That's a stacked album. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, it's the highest selling album of all time. Yeah. I do love I do love Purple Rain. But yeah, Thriller. I'm a, I'm an MJ guy. So you take MJ over Prince? Me, yes. Okay. Yeah. Prince the one thing with Prince he was kind of like a, ahead of his time. He's like these artists today, like where you're like, you're oversaturating the market. Prince has like a shit ton of fucking albums. That was kind of later though. Wasn't it like nineties where he just put shit like, out? Like late eighties, nineties. Yeah. And it's like, but I mean, that was, that was still at his peak though. It's like, yeah. he was still really relevant. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going thriller. Mm. Chappelle story aside, still go Michael Jackson. 
Mm. Michael Jackson just undefeated. <laughs> the the well, one man nobody could beat in the verses. I will I will say that the package of uh, Purple Rain is better. Mm-hmm. Like the album cover, he made a movie with it, even though yeah. the movie's not good. Uh, the the whole the whole Purple Rain aesthetic is better than the Thriller aesthetic. Right. So wait a minute. Secondary question: Is anybody beat Michael Jackson in the verses? No. I think it's impossible. Yeah, like, probably not. Like if in, in, like if we're taking him like just his music, no. If we're taking him like as a performer and they're like no. going against each other, no. Like the people will like I've heard people say like like Beyonce, but I'm like no. I, this no, is I don't the, think so. This is a quick tangent. Beyonce is great. Um, I've had kind of a seesaw relationship with Beyonce. Mm-hmm. In my life. <laughs> like I underrate her, then I you know properly rate her. I've never overrated her, um, but. I think Beyonce would beat most people in her lane in the verses. And I think she pretty much beats everybody. But if you take prime Justin Timberlake, I think Justin Timberlake gives her a run for her money. Mm-hmm. Like first three album, Justin, Tim- no first four album, Justin Timberlake. No three, three, first three album, Justin Timberlake. That future sex love sounds is kind of like a thriller where it's like, yo, this has nothing but hits. Are they both getting destiny's child and backstreet boys respectively? I mean, you could, yeah. They actually have very similar careers too. That's why I thought about. He was in sync. Oh, in sync, yeah, right. yeah. I feel yeah. like he loses that. What? If he gets that, in sync versus Destiny's Child. Oh, in sync versus Destiny's Child. Yeah, they lose. Yeah, I'm not, but I'm not super big in the boy band music. But they were, but they're big too. It's not like they don't well, have. They were big. There's Caucasian women in this country that disagree with you. <laughs> Shit, there's probably little black girls yeah. who were, you know, you know true. Uh, actually, okay, so uh, we're gonna stay on this subject because this is very close to you, I think. Um, I, I, I put these two artists well, one is a band, one is a single artist uh, together because I've known you to not hate them, you've respected what they've done, but uh, you may have been a little tired of them and the hype surrounding them. So, one is Beyonce, okay, the other is the Beatles. So which one are you taking? Which one do you Which one do you do you dislike least, I guess? Like which one are you less annoyed by? So the Beatles, much of my Beatles derision doesn't come from their music. It comes because my brother Devin, <laughs> he was like the the term dick rider <laughs> was first introduced to me when Devin was dick riding the Beatles. Mm. Like this guy literally when he got his first apartment, his shower curtain was the Beatles. Mm. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Like this infatuation with these people that two of them are dead. And like, I don't know. I guess like for me, it didn't make sense for someone's favorite artist to be something that they've never they've never experienced in time. Yeah, yeah. Now I still kind of feel about that, but I've kind of like also come off of that because I understand that music emotes, you know, it gives you a feeling. But I know I, I guess like you know everybody that I know their favorite artist is usually somebody that they listen to coming up. Mm. You know they're like synonymous with their growth. Um, but people are allowed to have their own uh, opinions. Now that I'm mature, mm-hmm. I don't think either one of these acts are overrated. Yeah. I used to feel that way um, about both of them. I don't think either one of them are overrated. Um, the Beatles are great. They are probably the most influential music act of all time. Uh, what they've done with pop music, what they've done with rock music, uh, the way they blend genres—they blend genres better than any musical act ever. Mm-hmm. You know, they could do a pop song that sounds like straight pop. Uh, they can do ballads. They can do rock songs. 
it wasn't around yet, but I'm sure if they was around, they probably would have started fucking doing R and B. You know, mm. because even even uh McCartney's done some shit that's closer to that, you know? Yeah. He's continued his career uh and done so many other genres as well. Um and they do have a shorter career, and I do feel like when artists that are great have short careers, they have the benefit because it's like they never got the chance to make bad music. Mm-hmm. Most every artist makes bad music at some point. It's the Biggie Small syndrome. Right. Like <laughs> either whether they're, uh, you know, they're uninspired or, you know, they just run out of things to talk about. Um, Biggie Smalls, Nirvana, mm-hmm. uh, Beatles, you know, these acts never have the chance to really make bad music. Um, Beyonce doesn't necessarily have bad music, but I'm sure there's like some albums in there that people are like, eh, it's all right. Um, I did do a remix of a Beyonce song recently, hmm. and because of that, I f- I don't know why I feel like I I feel closer to Beyonce <laughs> now. Um, like almost almost like I know her. Uh-huh. Um, I do think the Beatles make better music. Um, so I'm gonna say I dislike them least, but not that I dislike Beyonce. Also, Beyonce, what I love about her, but also takes me out of fully embracing her she makes music for a very special group Mm. and i love that she makes music for that special group which is black women i love that because i feel like black women never had an artist for them yeah specifically for them that empowers them like there have been black musicians that women like like anita baker uh gladys knight mariah carey whitney houston these are black women who made music that black women loved but they weren't making music that empowered black women Mm -hmm. probably because they weren't allowed to either yeah so that's not a that's not a slight at those artists that i named but beyonce makes music for a crowd that is not me Mm -hmm. i love that she does that but it also is like i'm not over here like rerun the world you know those songs don't resonate (laughs) with me um i love that like if i had a daughter maybe i'd even feel more strongly with that but since i don't um I'm definitely more going towards listening listening to the Beatles, but both great artists. They're probably both top fifty all time. Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. Yeah. And if I did have to pair somebody with Michael in a versus, it probably would be Beyonce, like closest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you choose this next one. Okay. Do you want to stay on music, or do you want to diverse bond your bonds, nigga? <laughs> if I had a choice. So like if somebody came with me and like they said they would invest in me in my music or other things. No, that wasn't the question. I have two questions. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's either a music question or it's a different question. Let's go different. Okay. We've talked about a lot. I was like, that was a really deep one. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about a lot. Sports, mm-hmm. music, video games. Mm-hmm. We have talked about another art form, comedy. Okay. Mm. Mm-hmm. Which comedian would you take, and which comedian do you feel like has been more influential? Eddie Murphy or Dave Chappelle? So we're talking like straight stand up. Mm. Dave Chappelle has a better catalog mm. of stand ups, but Eddie Murphy has two bangers. Raw and delirious. Yeah. He's like probably like the biggie of stand up then. It's like he gave Mm -hmm. us two and then he dipped. Yeah. But he also gave us a lot of good movies. Yep. And Dave Chappelle doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. But maybe that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't want Dave Chappelle to be making. uh, You don't want How High (laughs) 4? You mean uh, 
um, half-baked. 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 That's half-baked. right. Yeah. Right. That doesn't um, have that great scene where the dude quits. Like, fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. You're cool. Fuck <laughs> you. Half-baked's not terrible. It's all right. It's stoner comedy. Yeah. Um. But you know, like that. Maybe that's to the benefit because we, you know, we wouldn't get. Pluto Nash and I am Dave, like you know, <laughs> or his music career. Although I think uh, Michael oh, wants to party all the time is kind of a banger. yeah, party all the time is a banger. But I've <laughs> I, I've seen some videos about the, his whole career. Like that was the only banger he really had. Yeah, it is. He's a oh, one hit wonder. Hold up, musically, don't he bring up that, that Snoop Dogg song. I was gonna bring up that Snoop. <laughs> <laughs> or that Michael like, Jackson. He started doing reggae music. Oh, like, no, yeah. no guns or something like that. No guns allowed. And yeah. it has um, Drake on it too. Oh yeah, Drake's on it. It's oh, Drake, Jesus. Snoop, and Eddie Murphy. That sounds I like terrible. It. I can't lie. Oh god, that sounds like they're on a Club Forty Four, <laughs> and it's like just chilling, drinking. Like, you know, I got the studio around back. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, what is like the specific question here? Like, what? Okay, which one do you I like versus which ones are influential? You answered the first one of which one. I, I think you kind of answered both. They're, Eddie Murphy is more influential right now. Yeah. Now, maybe 20 years from now, we'll see more, you know, uh, comedians go into the the vein of of Dave Chappelle. I mean, it almost feels like at this point, Dave Chappelle is like unanimously crowned as the best comedian alive. Yeah. Like he's kind of like the Jay-Z of comedians where it's like there was other great guys like George Carlin and Richard Pryor, but they're dead now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like he's he's taking the crown and no one's arguing that like even like mm-hmm. a Kevin Hart and Chris Rock will be like, no, nah, that's the guy. Yeah. You know, so it's like. um, That one's tough because I, I definitely like Chappelle's comedy stand ups more and then the Chappelle show is fucking legendary, uh, legendary greatest skits of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, That also goes in line with when I started being allowed to watch comedy as a child. Mm-hmm. And even then, my mom probably not should not have been letting me watch Chappelle show at like 11 <laughs> But um, I do love Eddie Murphy. Like as a child, Eddie Murphy was like one of those actors I enjoyed. You know, yeah. watching The Nutty Professor, um, Trading Places, mm-hmm. Beverly Hills Cops, Forty Eight Hours. Mm. Like, dude was like he was like Kevin Hart on steroids. Yeah, and then these movies were good. Yeah. That was the thing too. Like, I love Kevin Hart, but a lot of his movies are not good. <laughs> Eddie Murphy was putting out good movies, and he was the reason why a lot of these movies were good. Yeah, I think um, Eddie Murphy kind of carries that title of being more influential, but um, his career trajectory, you know, starting with SNL, stand-up, movies, and he was, when he was doing SNL, he was the biggest SNL cast member and arguably still one of the biggest of all time. Yeah. Um, when he was doing stand-up, he was the best stand-up comedian. And he was like 21 when he was doing all that. Yeah, crazy. that's insane. And then he became the biggest movie star, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. And how many comedians can you say historically or been, in the 80s specifically. Or even, I mean, even in the 80s, Black with Arnold Schwarzenegger, 80s, with like, all these yeah. guys who were really dominating the box office. He's the only comedian ever to be on that level. Like, even Kevin yeah. Hart's never reached that yeah. level of movie yeah. True. stardom. True. Like, I think I think if uh, people were ignorant, they would not know that Eddie Murphy was on SNL mm-hmm. or was a stand-up comedian first. It, it's very, actually, more similar to Robin Williams. Mm. Like, there's, like, younger people, like, probably my younger siblings don't know that Robin Williams started as a stand-up comic. Yeah, mm-hmm. True. And just because they were so good at their movies that they did. And then he did some dramatic stuff that was good as well. Yeah. I can't believe I forgot to mention fucking Coming to America. Oh, Coming yeah. Because yeah. oh, that's probably my favorite Eddie Murphy movie. Coming to America too, it ain't it. <laughs> I haven't seen it, but I'll skip it, I guess. <laughs> he was really good in uh, My Name is Dolomite. Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah. That uh, was good. I do feel that Dave Chappelle, though, has been influential with the now stand-up generation. 
he just talks to you now. It's not even yeah. like stand up anymore. Yeah, yeah. He's talk- it's I commentary. Think I think that's what everyone does now. Yeah, I, I really do. Um, every time I see anyone, they just kind of comment on their lives. Um, and honestly, it's it's not just it's the stand up, but if it's how great the Chappelle show is. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's just like fucking flawless. Like yeah. it never fell off. I mean, I know it was only two and a half seasons, but like it, you watch and you're like, how is he coming up with these fucking ideas? <laughs> like they're brilliant. Yeah. Like the racial draft. Like that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> You know, the Tyrone Bigham shit, you know, uh, yeah, the, the black white supremacists, like they're brilliant pieces of comedy. It, it, and it, it, all of those felt like things that you would come up with at the lunch table in, in mm-hmm. school. I mean, we all went to the same high school mm-hmm. It definitely it just like that kind of comedy. It's like, yeah, of course, like if you bullshit and you think about stuff, you think of like, that's so it's, it's, I think that's why a lot of our generation love that show so much. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Next one. I like. I'm proud of myself for coming up with this one. It's, it's okay. back. It's back to sports. Okay. Oh, shit, Matt. <laughs> so a term that has come about recently. I love it. It's from sports, but I love it. It's it's uh it's a you can apply it to a lot of things. Mickey Mouse rings. We talk about Maybe championships. The bubble chip. The bubble chip. Yeah. The 2020 2020 no 2019 to. 2020 NBA championship. Mm-hmm. Lakers won it. Mm-hmm. I've heard you disparage it a bit. Mm-hmm. I know this is this might sting too. So could would you keep that? Mm-hmm. Would you keep that 2020 title or would you trade it so that the Chris Paul trade gets completed back in the day? Chris, I, Chris Paul trade. Yeah. Chris Paul trade is, um. I remember Brian, and this was probably like, I wish we knew what podcasting was back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we did have Retro Requiem, mm-hmm. um, which for the listeners, uh, we ran. Well, they primarily ran. They brought me on later before it went sideways and def- now it's defunct. Uh, they ran with. R-I-P. Yeah, mm-hmm. RIP. RIP, the RR, double R. Um, they ran a video game website that I guess started out with retro games mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then it, it just expanded to, to, to entertainment as most of these things do. Yeah. Like IGN was like strictly video games and now it's like a big nerd culture. It's like the CNN of nerd, nerd culture at this yeah. point. Right. So, um, I'm actually really proud of you guys for that. Yeah. The, I think we can pat ourselves. The fact the that you guys cool. were like 22 doing that shit by yourselves, yeah. getting domain names and all that. The, mm-hmm. the website was pretty legit. Yeah. I was sad that one time when I went back and like the domain name was no longer there. Cause yeah, he took it yeah oh damn so. yeah because then there was like the website no longer existed but um mm. uh brian had one time come up with this idea when we were sitting in the living room of that place that you lived in millersville when you were mm. going there what's the top 10 things that you hate about sports mm. like sports related things yeah um you know and like everybody's number one was like roger goodell <laughs> you know but high up on the list for me because it was very very fresh was the veto trade of chris That's paul still crazy um, it bothered me on two parts because it was vetoed and then it bothered me even more because he was allowed to go play for the Clippers, Yeah, which is the same, same city. Cause they said, we don't want him going to a big market. We don't want big markets taking advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, when you actually look at the trade, the, uh, the trade was actually more in favor of the Clippers, the package that they put together then the trade that the Lakers put together was actually more favorable for the Hornets because we were giving up a lot for Chris Paul. Mm. Um, so I, I think I'm about to pick that one because I've seen Chris Paul play now. Yeah. Chris Paul was just in the finals two years ago. Yeah. 
it's hard for me to think that him and Kobe together, as opposed to it was him, it would have been him, Kobe, and Dwight, as opposed to him, Kobe, and Steve Nash. Yeah, it's hard for me to think that like that would not have worked. Yeah, because it's like Chris Paul is great. He's a fucking like legend. First ball Hall of Famer. And I know, and I know, obviously, so was fucking Steve Nash, but he was like in his 18th, 19th season. Yeah. And, and for guards, they don't last that long. So, like, you know, for even for the fact that, I mean, now Chris Paul's starting to break down. The Suns are fucking at 500 right now. They're mm. probably not going to be good. Um, That was Kobe's last chance to compete. Mm-hmm. And it sucks that, the, like, you know, Kobe got a lot of shit for people, like, saying they didn't want to play with him. And, you know, I think the bus ownership actually had more to do with that than actually Kobe himself. Mm. You know, because Jerry Buss was sick and then he died. And then it's it's not a coincidence that ever since he died, it's been a fucking Mickey Mouse run organization. Yeah. Um, that was his last chance to truly compete. Um, Not just, like, win a title, but to compete. And then a large part of the reason why Kobe had those injuries was because Kobe was playing like 45 minutes a game yeah, because the team wasn't good. Mm-hmm. And because Dwight Howard played like a bitch when he came there <laughs> and because Steve Nash, I think they said Steve Nash, Kobe and Dwight played like a total of like 12 games together. He got injured early on. Yeah, didn't he? Steve Nash. On, yeah. 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 He was like, he was, it was, career was done. Yeah. You know, um, and that's when everybody was trying to do the big three. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody was trying to do big three and only Boston, it only worked for Boston and, and Miami. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, it might not have worked for Miami if it wasn't LeBron part of that big three. Yeah. Like, if it was another guy, like, if it was Carmelo, Wade, and Bosch, it probably wouldn't have worked for them no, either. No, Um, So, yeah, I'm picking that because that was, like, it kind of robbed Kobe of his last years. It put Kobe in a really bad position. Yeah. And then it's, like, not only did, like, a lot of people say nobody wants to go play with Kobe, the contracts were fucked up. They were given, like, big contracts to Luol Deng <laughs> and to Timothy Moskov. Yeah. They couldn't sign Our people. Yeah. Oh my I think, I think they restructured uh, Luol Deng's contract to where I think he finally, his contract came off the books like last year. Jesus Christ. Christ. Yeah. Cause they had to like restructure it <sighs> so that like it wasn't fucking them every fucking year. <laughs> Cause he was getting paid like damn near like, like max money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna pick the, the Chris Paul trade. Bubble chip can kiss my ass. You know what I will say about the NBA today? Um, and I don't know how you feel about this, specifically as a Sixers fan. It's weird because just like there's no there's no longer a thing like outside of like the Warriors and probably like San Antonio and maybe the Heat, teams don't have culture anymore. Mm. And it's a large part because there's so many moving parts all the time. There's new yeah. coaches, there's new GMs, there's new players. So when it when your team wins, like the Lakers win, and I know I'm probably sounding like some like fucking whiny bitch because I'm a Lakers fan I was like when we won I'm like LeBron's cool AD's cool and I'm like I fucking hate Rondo because I'm a Lakers fan I'm <laughs> yeah, supposed to yeah, hate Rondo yeah. I fucking hate Dwight Howard yeah but these these are the guy winning my winning chips on my team I'm like fucking J.R. Smith like and it's just like my my favorite non-LeBron Laker was fucking Anthony, uh, Alex Caruso. Mm. Wow. And that's what happens in today's NBA. Like there's no culture. So when your teams are winning, you know, like it, it, you're just like, man, it doesn't feel as strong as it did. Like when the Lakers won, when it was or Trevor Ariza, mm-hmm. Paul Gasol, Andrew Bynum. Yeah. Uh, crackhead. Oh, Lamar uh, Odom. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah, it doesn't feel Crack. the same. <laughs> and that's like the one thing where I like feel like no matter who's on the team, football has like teams have a culture. Yeah. So like that's why it's like it's easy to root for teams as opposed to players. Now I get why these kids root for players because why would you root for if, if you love John Morant and he leaves, why would you root for the Grizzlies? Yeah. 
Um, I don't. I used to shit on people for it, but now I feel like now for kids nowadays, I get it. You like Luca. You like Luca. You don't like the Mavs. Yeah, it's like felt weird getting PJ Tucker because Ooh, that's a good one. I hate PJ Tucker. I hated him last year when they played the Heat. Uh, he was such a heat, but he he made sense on the Heat. Such a Heat player, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, like a pain in the ass and like a sneering asshole kind of thing. And like but now he's on the team, and it's I mean I don't think he's doing very well. Yeah, no, I don't know why the fuck they signed him. He's yeah. like he's he's as old as LeBron is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, not LeBron. No, so we right. always forget how superhuman that Brady and LeBron are doing the things that they're doing at the. I mean, kudos, kudos for kudos to PJ Tucker for being able to even play in the NBA at this age. Sure, yeah, but yeah, come on, man, you gotta go. Yeah, quick history lesson: the Hornets had issues with their owner, and so for a short period of time, they were owned by all of the other owners that's in right. the NBA. Yeah, yeah that's why so I got they vetoed. Split. So the reason it got vetoed, and I imagine, because we were talking about great Chappelle's kids, mm. it was like the player haters ball. They all came together, <laughs> all the 29 owners. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Lakers trying to make a trade, huh? Oh, help Kobe win more championships. I think that's also the most hot cold I've ever been in my life in like a span of an hour. Oh, God, I was yeah. at my friend, uh, my old friend Lewis's house, and they it came across a ticker on ESPN when ESPN was good for that. You know, yeah. ESPN actually reported fucking news. Um, and it came across a ticker, and then that's what they reported because that was the hot news. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, "Wait, wait, wait a second! <laughs> we got Sham Sharania coming in, and Chris Paul's not going." <laughs> and like, I remember they they put up, which is crazy because it's like the advent of Twitter. They put up Chris Paul's tweet. I'll never forget. And they had Chris Paul's picture, and then it just said, "Wow!" Dot 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 dot. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. I know how fast Mark Cuban voted no to that trade. Thank mm. you, Mark Cuban. I mean, yeah. I, I wonder. I wonder how he feels. He probably feels as most strongly about it than anybody in the world. Chris Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was the one who didn't win a title. That would have been the best player he's ever played with. Kobe. Easily. Yeah. yeah. Best situation he's ever been in yep. probably to that point. Yep. Uh, yeah. All right. Here. You pick your next one. Got you. So, we've took our detour. Let's return to music. Mm-hmm. We talked about albums. I'm going to hit you with another one. Okay. You can only choose, once again, one of these albums. The other must be deleted from history. I have a feeling I know what it's going to be, but go ahead. Would you rather have The Blueprint? I knew that was going to be one of them. Or The Marshall Mathers LP? I knew this was going to be yeah. <laughs> Eminem's best album versus arguably Jay-Z's best album. I've readily said over and over and over and over again that the blueprint is my favorite album of all time. 13 songs. Mm. Flawless. Like a fucking probably mm, Mortal Kombat perfect finish. Mm-hmm. Every song on there is probably like a perfect 10 out of a 10. Except for maybe one and that song's probably like an 8. Mm. Um, Eminem's album it's like a, it's, it's almost like a cinematic masterpiece. I've always said that I've, the Marshall Mathers LP to me was like a Tarantino movie made in audio form. There's stories in it. Um, the one thing I've always appreciated about Eminem is he kind of did create his own cinematic universe. Like he does things in songs where like um, he has a bunch of songs where at the end he says, I'm just playing ladies. You know, I love you. <laughs> and he says that like in a lot of his songs, like, yeah. he, like the kill shot. I'm just playing Diddy. You know, I love you. He's created like his own universe, like with the Ken Kniff shit and all that. Oh, yeah. Paul calling him. Uh there's only one song on the Marshmallow's LP that I'm not too fond of, 
and it's called Under the Influence and it's with D12. And it, it, it's okay, but I just felt like that was his way to introduce D12 to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got some, it got Stan on there. I'm just going to roll with what I've been saying forever. I'm, I'm going to pick Blueprint over the Marshall Mathers LP. Um, Eminem's my favorite, but I've always been on record saying that Jay-Z's the best rapper alive. Mm-hmm. And Jay-Z's in my top three personal favorite as well. So it's not like I'm like, I just giving that to him because that's what mm-hmm. I'm supposed to say. No, I fucking love Jay-Z. Um, and in fact, like if I wanted to like model my music more, I've always like kind of try to model more like Jay-Z than Eminem. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't want to be a, nobody, there should never be a second Eminem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you can kind of get like a second Jay-Z I feel like there's some of the Drake stuff, some of the Rick Ross stuff, you know, yeah, they, yeah. they aspire, you know. Um, just Blueprint's just so fucking good, man. It's like so fucking good. The production's great. The way he's rapping on there. Um, I can listen to Blueprint any day of the fucking week. And I it, it is, I went and bought a pair of sneakers, a pair of Nike Air Maxes because they were called the Blueprints. Mm. And I was like, this is my favorite album. I need to buy these shoes. They're the same color as the album. Mm. Um, when I performed my first show that I put together, I bought those shoes for that beat. And I literally thought to myself, I want to wear these shoes because I want to be like representing my favorite album at my show. Mm. And like, it meant nothing to nobody else in the crowd, but me, because nobody else knew that I was wearing those shoes because of that. But I wore these shoes because I'm like, I'm standing in my head. Like I'm like sometimes dramatic with it. I'm standing on the foundation of what led me here. Mm. Yeah. You know, like literally on my feet. Yeah. Is what 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 I've been inspired by. And it's not like the Marshall Mathers LP hasn't inspired me. And I think if you asked a lot of like hip hop people, they would probably put the Marshall Mathers LP over mm. the Blueprint album. Um because I, there's some people who argue back and forth like if that's even Jay-Z's best album. Uh some people pick like Reasonable Doubt. Some people pick the Black album. I think the Black album is because like that was supposed to be his retirement album. Right. Yeah. Um I think it's his best album. Yeah, I'm going to Blueprint, but I, I did, if I top five all the time, those are both in my top five along with Thriller because you just guys named that earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a cousin and he served some time in prison. And when he got out, he was like, yo, cuz what's the music going on right now? Put it on my iPod. This is what we had back in the day. Mm-hmm. Went on LimeWire, downloaded some songs, threw them on his iPod. He's listening to the songs. All right, this is all right. Some things he liked, some things he didn't. One thing he said, yo, you ain't got no Jay-Z on here. <laughs> I was like, damn, I'm not a big Jay-Z fan. Man, listen to the Blueprint, cuz. Come on, now. What are you... Even in prison, my man. Listen, <laughs> go for listen to Blueprint. Come on, now. What you doing, man? Put all this... Throw on the Blueprint. My cousin didn't lie, man. It's a banger. Yeah. yeah. It's a banger. Um, only one feature, which is ironically Eminem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One, uh, technical feature, because Kanye West does do a chorus on Never... Oh, that's uh, right, yeah. Never Change. Mm-hmm. Which I always tell people, technically, there is another feature. Kanye does the, um, there's the two hidden tracks. Oh, that's right, yeah. Breathe Easy, Lyrical Exercise, and then Girls, Girls, Girls Part 2. That's right. It's just like, bro, like, go through it. Rulers Back, one of the best album openers of all time. Takeover, my opinion, the best disc record of all time. Mm. That's my opinion. I know I'm in the minority on that. Uh, H to the Izzo, Mm -hmm. Girls, Girls, Girls. Yep. Uh, Ain't No Love in the Heart of the City. That's great. I still love that track. Uh, Song Cry. Yeah. Uh, Renegade. Mm-hmm. One of the best collaborative songs in hip hop history. Uh, and then even like the B-sides like uh, Never Change. Mm. Um, 
All I Need. Yeah. Really fucking good song. Um, the one song that people kind of like just try to push off is called That Nigga Jigga. I like that song. <laughs> like, it's probably the worst song on there, but it, that's like the one that I'll probably give an eight. Yeah. It's still really good. And it's like mostly, that's also where Kanye got his start pretty much. Yeah, that's true. And and Just Blaze, like that was like, they were like, you know. Yeah. That's a that's the one of the best manager, managements of different producers, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's see. Um, you guys are like breaking my heart on some of these, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, this is a... A more poetic one. Okay. Um, we're talking about seasons. Spring or fall? Fall. Not even close. Yeah. Well, for what reason? Spring's actually my least favorite. Really? Season. Yes. Oh. oh, I forgot he had allergies like a bitch. Uh, That's one. Um, I don't like muggy cold. Oh, interesting. It, it rains a lot. And, and it's muggy. And it's like a muggy cold. It's like, <laughs> if it's going to be muggy, just fucking be hot. Right. I thought he was speaking a different language for a second. I was like, muggy cold. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like it's muggy and it's not warm out. Right. It's like, I don't like it. And it, I just fucking like, it's like literally raining on my parade. I enjoy rain when I'm inside. Right. But when I'm outside, rain fucking sucks. The reason, I mean, I don't know a lot of people probably like pick winter as their last. I just feel like winter has too many good things in it. Like mm. there's like Christmas and Thanksgiving. You can see that. And Martin Luther King Day. And then, like, you know, sometimes it is pretty to look at snow. And then I always think of family when I think of winter mm. because you're inside more. You know, football. Yeah. You know, fall and winter. Spring, I'm just like, eh, you have NBA. That's about it. Yeah. And if you, uh, well, I, don't know, I guess Valentine's Day is like kind of on the border. That's definitely winter, bro. It's February yeah. 4th, 14th. That shit cold as shit outside. Every every Valentine's Day that we're going on, we run into the car. Fair enough. Facts. I guess you can drink it's, yourself. It, you it kind of makes it better because you get to cuddle up and shit. True. Well, mm, if you have someone to cuddle up with. Oh, dang. Well, yeah. Oh, dang. We took a turn. You, <laughs> anyway. You cuddle up by yourself. <laughs> That's depressing. You can watch, you can watch some like uh, fucking Nicholas Sparks movies and cuddle mm. up by yourself. Oh, yeah. huh. I'll take spring. I love rainy days. Although yeah. hoodie weather is pretty fire. Bro, that's that's the other thing I was say. The best drip comes mm. in the fall. I see that. I will say definitely because if you have a hoodie, if you have a zip hoodie, you can have a fire hoodie. Show and a then t-shirt you can off. Show off a t- speaking of. <laughs> show off a t-shirt. It'd be that something fire, fire underneath it. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, dang. Like you might have different ma- out- parts of your outfit matching to each other and doing different things. Yeah, I mean, yeah that's crazy. Because in the winter, you could feel like the same way, but then the coat kind of kills it sometimes. You're like, no, 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 I swear what's underneath this is fire. It's just cold. I can't show you. Um, and there's only one holiday in spring that people fuck with, and that's Easter. Easter is fire. St. Patrick's Day. I don't really care about Easter. Dad, he totally just ignored it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't want an excuse to get so blackout drunk? Well, well, Easter. The older that I get, I don't like the fact that people... It, it, it kind of it's kind of is a pro, uh, cultural appropriation. I mean, I, I have a lot of Irish heritage. You're allowed, but all the other people who are just using Irish people to, to excuse to drink, I don't, I don't think it's respectful. I, I think it is kind of tacky. Damn. Yeah, we I'll were say just wearing it. green together in Atlanta. He's 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 got his name is Colin McConnell. My name's not. <laughs> I think Perry's actually Irish. Actually, it's Celtic. <laughs> Same shit, bro. It was someone who Basically, lives by a yeah. pear tree. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of Brian. 
Perrys that are probably that that name is very Irish. True. Yeah. It's a lot of Irish Bryans. Yeah, so my owners were Irish, now I know. <laughs> I think you're entitled to drink quite well, a bit. Hey. Yeah. There you go. Might I have a drink, Massa? <laughs> <laughs> you you've got the Irish blood in you. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna paint a picture for this next question. Oh boy. Go for it. You're working in a retail store. Dead end job. Mm-hmm. Working eight hour shifts. Weekends, holidays. The owner of the store loves this artist and only plays this artist music every single day of the 50 hours you're working because you got to work overtime on the weekends at this job. You know you ain't getting any joy or pleasure from this job. And this is the soundtrack to your job. It's either Tiger's music or French Montana's music that you have to listen to Every day at this job. That's good. I really like that. Yeah. So it's like your corny cousin who like always wants all the attention or your drunk uncle. <laughs> <laughs> your corny fuck boy yeah. cousin yeah. who definitely knocked mm-hmm. up an underage girl. Yeah. 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 Damn. <laughs> and talks like he's tough. Yeah. He's a bitch. Pants always hanging off his ass. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He's he's weighs like a buck fifty, yep. if that. And then French Montana, I've always said he's just a drunk uncle. He sounds drunk all the time. He does. Like so he's I, confused. I gotta hate on Tiger more. Looks like a uh, light skinned chipmunk. But here's the thing: <laughs> all the deficiencies of Tiger. There's one thing about Tiger that he has a really good ear for beats. Yeah, and then he ruins them. Taste, taste. Oh God. But sometimes. <laughs> He gets people on those songs. So I'm like, okay, taste sucks, but I'm going to get this offset verse real quick. You could say the same for French Montana, though. I French see. Montana also French Montana. French Montana basically is, a, is the rap DJ Khaled. Mm. And then I, he wouldn't, just, I wouldn't insult DJ Khaled that way. I'm just saying that, that he, gets, <laughs> he, gets, he gets a lot of people on songs. That's facts. And then they're, like, yeah. they're, they're no longer his songs anymore. Like, unforgettable. Great song. And so French Montana starts rapping. You're like, oh, Sway Lee, do your thing. And then it's like, oh, shit. I can vibe with French Montana. I'm going to pick French bit. Montana. I can never. Ooh, are you? Yeah. I can That's never upset. I can never look past Tyga on a track. I never. He ruins every track for me completely. I think they're both pretty bad. Uh, but I do. I think I think uh, French Montana got more songs I'll enjoy. If Pop That yeah. comes on. Yeah, Pop That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unforgettable. I like Unforgettable. Stay Scheming. Yep. I think the thing That's with actually French I, You know what? I, here's why I'll give it to him. Hmm. Because I actually do like a French Montana song that's just him. Mm. Shot Caller is a fucking banger. Oh, mm-hmm. yes, yes. And the music that he's made with Harry Fraud <coughs> yes. is actually pretty good Like that's, early on. That's a really good pairing of a artist and a producer. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go uh, French Montana because of that. Because I don't think I've ever liked anything consistently about Tyga. I would say, for me personally, I'd go with Tyga. I think... French is consistently better, and I think French's solo work would be less painful than Tiger's solo work. But when Tiger got features, mm. and when Tiger got them beats, it's some tough beats. Yeah, I'm going French. Yeah, I'm going to Uncle French. <laughs> uh, it's funny because I feel like in real life, that scenario that we used, Tiger would be French's son. <laughs> and the reason why he's like that because his dad was always drunk. Yeah. Not taking care of him. Probably. 
that that drunk uncle who wears the gold chains and has the <laughs> pinky ring and he thinks he's the shit and you're like, dude, you're like 500 pounds now. Like, yeah. chill out. You're, you're, I see your butt crack every time, you know, like, and he's trying to like give you hugs and stuff. I'm like, get the fuck out of here, bro. Can we get inappropriate comments about women? Yeah. And then that's who his son is. To be fair, I think French Montana lost weight. So, you know. Hey. Anyway, next question. Now, this is, makes sense for me. Uh, Spielberg or Scorsese? That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. Because I love I love like the magic in films. Mm-hmm. And that's what Spielberg brings you. Yeah. But like I recently watched Goodfellas the other day and I'm like, God damn. Yeah. God damn this man be fucking doing it sometimes. Cooking. Not sometimes, most of the times. I recently watched Cape Fear, which is like fucking ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like Whose idea was it to get fucking Robert De Niro to do a fucking Southern accent? Like, <laughs> I do declare. Like, that's basically what he's yeah, doing. Yeah. But it was very entertaining. Oh, yeah. It was like it was like a, like a TNT. Like, you remember when we were kids and like yes. when movies actually got played on network and you like got what you're feeling and watched it? It was yep. like a TNT movie. Yep. Like, you'd want to watch that. It's a great way to describe it. You know, it, yeah. they would be like, you know, 8 o'clock on a Sunday night. They're playing that. Um, it was like one of those movies. Uh, and then also to see the cast, like, I was like, oh, I didn't know all these people were in this movie. Yeah. Like Nick Nolte. Yeah. Um, Juliette Lewis, which mm-hmm. was really young, um, to the point I had to Google. I'm like, he's doing a lot of weird shit with this girl. How old was she at this time? She was 18. Mm. So I was like, okay, because a lot of that shit was kind of weird. Yeah. He like literally even kissed her and everything. Um, that is hard. That's almost like an Eminem versus Jay Z type thing, where it's like Eminem's like not as consistent like Spielberg, but when the magic's there, the magic's there, and it's just like Jay Z's just like. I'm giving you these fucking cuts, like you know, like it's more like Scorsese. Um, Had to put on a shot clock. Dang. I think I'm gonna side with Scorsese because I don't think I've ever seen a bad Scorsese film. Mm-hmm. I have seen some Spielberg films. I'm like, eh. Yeah, he, he's made some pretty mid. Uh, a lot of what he's done. That I've seen for the past decade, I've not been very interested in. Hold up, did he make Captain Phillips? No, that was Paul Greengrass. What is some of the recent Spielberg? Films? Hold up, I heard that movie that he put out last year was amazing. West Side Story? No, it's about um, filmmaking. Oh, is it his autobiographical thing? Basically, Fablemans. People are saying that's fucking amazing. Eh. Hold up, I got I got pulled down DB now. He did uh he did BFG. I'm not. I watched that and I've forgotten almost everything about it. Oh, God, it. Indiana Jones 5. Forgot about that. Yeah, he's not directing it. Really? It's James Mangold. Get yeah. out of here. But that's good, pick. That James Mangold. Good. Yeah. Um, he did He did. He did the Logan Swan song, so why not do the Indiana yeah, Jones Swan song? That's true. Um, but I'm going to go with Scorsese because I think he's consistently like... I still have yet to see The Irishman, but... I, he don't really direct a lot. It's a lot of producing. The... Um, in retrospect, going back and watching The Wolf of Wall Street, I'm like, this is a fucking great movie. Yeah. When I watched it, I didn't think it was great. He's like 70 years old. At that point, with Wolf of Wall Street, he's 70 years old, directing with more energy than a lot of like directors who... And more more like focus yeah. as well, and more uh, virtuosity than a lot of It's like, how can a movie directors. this crazy be this focused? Yeah. Um, it's one of the few movies that like in the, in the moment, like f- for the scale of it... It grew on me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, this movie actually, maybe it should have won more awards. Maybe it should have 
been higher held up. Yeah. Then I, I think people just wanted to shit on it. I think it, it it will continue to have a a following and probably gain in esteem. I mean, I think it was already pretty well thought of at the time. Um, I think I think the thing was some of it was it was like. And I don't think like completely, I, th- I think like certain like left wing people were like, he's glorifying this. And it's like, he's not, but that's just how they're viewing it. I'm a pretty left wing guy and I don't see that. I, I but think, I've heard that a lot. Right. I, I would say that, um, the thing about Scorsese is he, 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 he balances looking at bad people doing bad things, but he doesn't like look down on them. He doesn't, uh, um, excuse them for their horrible actions. He's saying they're human. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that there's interesting. Parts and also, of that. I think what he likes to do sometimes is the character studies like, and if you were in a situation, you would have done the same fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think um, Spielberg's uh, optimism and um, I think that's the criticism of him is that he he's too schmaltzy sometimes, you know? Um, the magic of it, yeah. Yeah, too earnest. And I think more than anything else now i don't think like this at this point and like culturally i don't think that's kind of something that people want all that much or that at least feels very relatable let me ask a question because hmm. i'm looking this up on his imdb page as we're talking about Who's, this which one mr spielberg okay how many movies do you feel like steven spielberg has directed oh jesus at least like 25 yeah i'll say 30 ballpark. oh wow i thought you guys were gonna say a lot more it's 59. That's more than I thought. That is... 59. Probably some documentaries on here. Holy shit. Yeah. Some shorts on here. Okay, yeah. So that's... But it's at least like 40 movies, though. I would say it's about... And th- don't get me wrong. 30 he's, features. He's still... He, they're, they're both on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, for sure. They're both masters masters of the craft. I think it's more about Ooh. what you want. Because uh, he has Schindler's List. He has... Yeah, I was about to say, Private give me Ryan. Schindler's List. Give me Jurassic Park. Give me E.T. I'll take the highs, man, of South Spielberg. Yeah. He did Amistad? I didn't know he did Amistad. Yeah, he did Amistad. Yeah. yeah. So you would take Color Spielberg. purple. I would take Spielberg. Um, I'm also a big, 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 big fan of, like, Noors. Hmm? Like, Noor movies. Oh, Newer. No, Noor. Like, N-O-I-R. Noor. Oh, Noir. Okay. Noir. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm a big fan of those, so like, you don't really get those anymore. But like, the closest thing you probably get to is like The Departed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like crime thrillers like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I just watched a uh, rewatched a mo- uh, Spielberg movie, Minority Report. Mm. Great. Um, Great. I think it's that. Speaking of noirs, film, film, uh, film noir or crime noirs. Um, yeah, that's like a neo noir kind yeah. of thing. Uh, Super underrated. Yeah, one of those more underrated movies. I, I've always enjoyed it. Uh, I would probably say personally, uh, I prefer Scorsese. So, but I mean, yeah, you can't go wrong with their classics. I don't think so. they're both in my top four. Mm. It's the weekend, mm-hmm. <laughs> late Saturday night. You're at the karaoke bar, just enjoying a few drinks with the fellas. Who walks in? But Mariah Carey, gorgeous as always. Then behind her, who who's that? Is that Adele? Adele just walked in? In their primes. Who's still in the show at this karaoke bar? Mariah Carey or Adele? They can do their songs. They can do other songs. It's going in. This is the most random, but um, I'm probably going to take Mariah because I think she has a more uh, diverse vocal range. Um, she also has like more p- 
parlor tricks that she can does with, do her with her voice. Mm. Like that high note that she does, that's going to like, she, if she does that one time. Bringing the house down. Just bringing the house down. Like yeah. if we're doing karaoke and she does that and it's like people are like, oh my God, she just fucking did that. Adele has a more powerful voice um, in terms of like straight. Like she could just like sing straight through and like I've heard her live, not seen her live, but I've heard her live. I'm like, that shit just sounds like the fucking studio record. Like that yeah. shit sounds amazing. Um, I just think Mariah has more vocal range, so she could probably do like a rock song, then she could do an R and B song. Um, and like I said, I think she does like she could do like more of those parlor tricks, you know, with her voice. So I would pick Mariah over her. Also, I feel like it would like visually like seeing Mariah walk into a bar as opposed to seeing Adele. I feel like Adele be like, "What are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. Get out of here!" Like it's like that. What's a fine lady like you doing in a place like this? Adele in a bar doesn't translate in my mind. You know you're shooting your shot at Mariah. Although Adele probably would be the one to be in the bar because Mariah cares like a diva. And mm. Adele actually seems like very down to earth. So yeah. yeah. True. I have no strong opinion. I my I would tell Mariah, however, she should probably stay away from All I Want for Christmas. That <laughs> might like people people have heard that song a lot. Just Depends like, on what time of the year it is. Yeah. If, if you're you, at a bar in December and then Mariah Carey walks in, then you're like, now nah, I want to hear And you're right several here. drinks in, then yeah. I like, can see, nah, I I can see hear that. Yeah. That, yeah. What I'm doing, I'm starting to take bets. Hey, yo, I got the money on the underdog, Adele. Because I think Adele's going to surprise you. I mm. seen Mariah Carey mess up live. She goes hit the high note. The high note ain't as high as you thought it was. Mm. She got the music playing in the background. I have seen that more recently, yeah. My girl Adele, undefeated. Live performances, I'm putting the money on Adele. But you said karaoke, right? Listen, it's it's live. You karaoke's not all about about perfection. She gotta come out. She, she, when you fighting Adele, it is. I guess, yeah. This is heavyweight boxing. It's like, man, <laughs> Muhammad Ali gonna knock me out in a street fight. Yeah, sure. But when Mike Tyson walk up, you better be perfect, bro. I'll tell you. That's true. Very random. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go Mariah. Okay. Uh, I would say this is another random one. This is. Nothing, not in music. I guess it's, well, it's children's entertainment. Mm. <laughs> but, you, but you should appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Looney Tunes or the Muppets? Looney Tunes. Mm. Yeah. That's also a random one. Um, I just think, like, is there any cartoon? I mean, probably Mickey Mouse, but Looney Tunes is probably the most influential cartoons of all time. Facts. Mm. Yeah. Um, I've seen more Looney Tunes than I have seen like Disney animated. The Looney Tunes, the, the Disney cartoons are more influential because they're more iconic. Yeah, but the the Looney Tunes cartoons are be- are better. Yeah, I also think that because like the Disney cartoons were supposed to be strictly meant for children, mm-hmm. where the Looney Tunes were not. They were just making cartoons, and whoever liked them liked them. They were shooting each other and shit. Yeah, like you know, like guys. You've seen it where the guy gets shot and then he goes to drink. He's like, oh, I'm not shot. And then he goes to drink a drink and he's leaking. Yeah, yeah. That's not kid entertainment. <laughs> you know, um, they also have so, so many iconic characters. Uh, Bugs, Daffy, uh, Yosemite Sam, Elmer Fudd, Sylvester, Tweety. Um, I do love the Muppets. Um, I remember when it was as a kid. That was another one where I thought it was for kids. And then I got older. And I'm like, hold up. This is not for kids. <laughs> uh, Muppet Treasure Island. Banger. Yeah. Banger. Banger. That's one of the first two movies I ever saw in the theater. Can't and the songs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Muppet Treasure Island, Banger. Um, um, the Christmas Carol. Muppet Christmas Carol. Uh, mm. There was one about Gonzo in space or something like that. Like, oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Muppets in was, space. When he was an alien, yeah. yeah. I think I remember I seeing that with, with my... That's when we, yeah, we find out what he was. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
So I did love the Muppets when I was a kid. You know, Kermit. Kermit's one of the most likable characters of mm-hmm. anything ever. He's more likable. I feel like he's even more likable than Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. Who dislikes mm-hmm. Kermit, bro? Yeah. Like Kermit's the G. Uh, he has bangers too, like literal bang. Like uh, it's not easy being green. Yeah. Rainbow Connection. Yeah. When I hear Rainbow Connection, that shit like right in the feels. <laughs> uh, maybe the the you know allegory for Miss Piggy and Kermit very early on. You know. Uh, interracial mm-hmm. uh, marriage because you know it's like it's, it's, it's inter like different <laughs> species. species yeah. uh, you know the two old guys, they're classic. Yeah, um, Beaker and uh, uh, yeah. No, 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 no. The, the two old guys. Yeah, yeah, no, oh, I'm you're just, talking yeah, about yeah. Oh, Beaker and but the, no, yeah, the yeah, critics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my in my best dreams, Colin and I are those two old guys. <laughs> just heckling people. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they also have the connection to. Uh, Sesame Street. Jim Henson. Which yep. for me was, Sesame Street was the go-to for me. I wasn't really a big Barney fan. I liked Sesame Street when I was a kid. Yeah. Um. So, I, I think the Muppets meant more to me as a ch- child mm. because I did watch Sesame Street so much and they used to play the Muppets reruns, I think, on Nick at Night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And Looney Tunes would be on Cartoon Network because of the Warner rights. Yes, yeah. Um, but they wouldn't always play Looney Tunes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So like I got into more into like Looney Tunes a little later. Um, uh, but Looney Tunes is definitely better. I got a little bit of a hot take. Mm. I would argue that the cast of the Muppets and the cast for Looney Tunes, respectively, separately, mm-hmm. are both stronger as individuals and as a group than the main cast of Disney. Mickey, Donald, oh for sure, Goofy, yeah. Pluto, Agreed. whatever else. Like I think they wash them. I think they're stronger. I just think they're mismanaged. Well, because I I only think yeah. that there there's only two in that group who have personalities. Mm-hmm. It's Daffy and Goofy. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Donald and Goofy. Yeah, Mickey's bland. Yeah, Mickey is. I don't know. Which like... which down the road has actually like helped them in certain things because now they've been able to write Mickey however they want to write him. Yeah. So like in different stuff, it's like Mickey's this way, Mickey's that way because he doesn't have a yeah. defined personality. I guess he's like altruistic, but outside of that, it's just like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, like I think I think the best example of like they, they, they gave Disney a personality was when they did like the Jack and the Beanstalk. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. That was pretty good, you know, but it's always like his strength was it's almost like it's almost like a show, like a sitcom. The main characters a lot of time don't have yeah. the great personalities. Yeah. It's the guys like it's George Costanza. That's it's, it's almost funny because like George Costanza is like Donald Duck, <laughs> and Kramer is Goofy. Well, and and I mean even in that case, like George Costanza was a reflection of what's his name, um, Larry uh, David. Larry David. Yeah, yeah. Mm. like he wrote that like himself. Yeah. yeah. So it's like uh, it's almost like a sitcom. Disney characters like the the main character is strong because the supporting cast is stronger. Yeah. Um, but no, definitely the Looney Tunes are way better than the Disney. And I have, a, I'm always like a Disney guy, but yeah. yeah. You know, the Muppets make sense because they are like physical, you know, things to make movies with real humans. Mm-hmm. However, I don't really understand why Looney Tunes always has to be in real life with real actors like Space Jam or Looney Tunes back in action. Mm. Why can't they just have an animated movie and just let that shit roll, bro, and try to make that work? Yeah, because I guess their thing is like, how would you make, how do you translate what Looney Tunes does well into the modern era and sell? You can't. Yeah, that's, and that's why that's why I'm saying that's the privilege that Disney has is that 
they've allowed their characters to kind of, they were always kid friendly in a way. Mm-hmm. So then they've allowed them to be like, well, now we're going to put Donald in this situation. We're going to put Goofy in this situation. Goofy's a father now. Goof Troop. Donald has nephews and an uncle. DuckTales. Mm. Looney Tunes kind of like, their personalities or their characters were so good, but they were so to them that you can't just take Bugs out and say, now this is what Bugs is going to do now. It's like, no, I want to see Bugs. And uh, I want to see Bugs fuck with Elmer Fudd and Yosemite Sam. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that's why it's hard. But maybe they should like lean on like, if they did a Duck Dodgers movie, that could be good. Mm. Oh, hold up. Don't steal the idea. Because they had a Duck <laughs> Dodgers show on, on Cartoon Network for a little bit, and I very much enjoyed it. Yeah. Darkwing Duck. That's Disney. Oh, yeah. That's right. And also a banger. Also underrated, the Looney Tunes show. That came out the newer one. one? I never watched it. Very underrated. Very underrated. I like Baby Looney Tunes. We're talking about versus. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about matchups. Let's say Ryan Gosling Mm -hmm. and Ryan Reynolds say we will have a versus with our filmography. Mm -hmm. Who's taking that chip? Ryan Gosling. I think that's an easy question. I don't think so. You don't think so. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds got bangers, We, we love Ryan Reynolds for being Deadpool, but his filmography is not that good. Green Lantern. I mean, damn. Red, went, no, Red Notice. You went, damn. And uh, like a lot of his earlier stuff is just like a lot of like rom-com, dumb shit. Yeah. I always liked him like because he's, he's one of the most charismatic actors of any generation. And I just like, he just seems like one of the coolest guys in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. He does like the, even like the Mint Mobile commercials. Like, he's great. Ryan Reynolds in himself is great. But for the most part, he is playing himself in every movie. He's Deadpool in everything. Like, I saw Free Guy. It was a really good movie. Yeah, Free Guy's good. It was really good. Mm. But it was just like, hey, what if we took Deadpool and we put him in this situation? He's kind of, it's like what I, one of my, I love Will Smith, but it's one of my criticisms of Will Smith for a long time. I was like, Will Smith is the Fresh Prince in different situations. Mm. Like, for a long time, he was that. Yeah. Ryan Gosling, in my opinion... Um, and I feel like I sound biased, but then at the same time, it's like, is it biased when you're talking about an actor who doesn't get really any acclaim is one of the better actual actors of his generation. Um, I like, I like how nuanced he can be in his performances and still shine or like in drive in place beyond the pines in blue Valentine in Lars and the real girl. He also has this thing where I think only him and Brad Pitt, I would say him, Brad Pitt, and George Clooney. They have front cover appeal. They're pretty. Mm. They're handsome. And they could just be like movie stars. But they were like, no, we want to be challenged as actors. We want to actually act. I think Timothy Timothy Chalamet is going that direction. I get what Izzy means, though. Um, Timothy Chalamet is more like boyish charm. Oh, you mean like just kind of... Solid jaw, like, like they're leading yeah. men, guys. almost yeah, like, like classically. Yeah, they're yeah. leading men, but they want to do character actor shit, right? You know, like I can see that when yeah. I'm when you're watching Oh Brother Were for Oh Brother Were Art Thou. There's not a lot of actors who would do what George Clooney was doing in that movie, right? That Thanks. are of his fame. Yeah, there's not a lot of guys who would do uh, Inglorious Bastards like Brad Pitt did. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of guys who would do that. They would just be like, you know, this is who I am. Like, they always stay in shape. They would do what Ryan Gosling does and just make kind of bullshit mainstream 
movies. Thank you. Thank you, Colin. Yeah. I'm Ryan glad you Gosling? said that. I'm sorry. I'm Ryan sorry. I'm sorry. I meant Ryan Reynolds. No, I meant Ryan Gosling. You, what? Were talking, you put him on that level with Brad Pitt and George Clooney? No, I'm not saying he's on their level. I'm saying Ryan Gosling. So, like, there's a movie called Lars and Lars yeah, and the Real Girl, yeah. where he falls in love with a sex doll. And it sounds insane, but when you watch it, it's not about that. It's about, like, social anxiety and all that. When you watch that movie, he has, like, a fucking ratty mustache. He's really fucking weird. And it's like, hold up. This is the guy who was in the notebook? This is the guy that Hollywood wanted to be. Yeah. And he chose, look, I'm not doing that. Half big. I mean, half Nelson. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Where he's a crack addict teacher who teacher, really yeah. cares about his students. He's just, his flaw is he's addicted to drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually really good in Crazy Stupid Love. Crazy yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, even movies like... Um, What's the movie about the the Christ the housing crisis? Oh, the big short. The big oh, short. The big short. Yeah. You know, and that like where he had like had the black hair and all that, and he's like the, the he's like the neurotic like fucking yeah foul guy. mouth kind of yeah, yeah you know um I mean he, he I, was fucking great in Blade Runner Blade Runner um Blue Valentine something like that where he Blue like Valentine's. grows a, a paunch and like yeah he got fat for that movie yeah um, <laughs> and bald he like shaved himself bald like I, I think he's actually. He's not in a lot. He the his the way he was committed to his role in um, La La Land had like how he learned how to play piano that fucking well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you, but you think he does bullshit mainstream stuff? No, I was just hating. Okay. He loves Ryan. <laughs> oh my I love god! Ryan and you know what's funny? I, I disliked Ryan Gosling before I saw Drive because I only I, all I knew him from was from The Notebook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the career choices he's made. So I, yeah. I go Ryan Gosling too. It's my guy. Uh, okay, and then I guess the last one I will do. Um, this is could be seen as a battle of producers, but I'm going to just say album to album. No, but, but but in terms of production specifically, okay, the Chronic or Enter the Wu Tang. Production only. Production only. It's always a good question as it gets quiet. Mm-hmm. I think the Chronic's a better album. Mm. And and it definitely did like drive home the West Coast sound, but it was it was already there. It's not like it was like the advent of it. Mm-hmm. And so the Wu Tang, it was a new sound. Yeah. Um it's very rough, but it's supposed to be. Yeah. It almost is like you're watching videos movies movies that your cool uncle gave you on VHS tapes that he recorded mm. because your uncle lives alone and for whatever reason he has the cable channels that nobody had back in the day <laughs> he has HBO yeah. and you don't because your mom said we're not paying for that mm-hmm. and so he's like nah you've never seen this movie so he records it for you and you watch it and it's great even though the quality is fucking terrible yeah. because it's on a VHS tape but it's still art and that's what like Enter the Wu-Tang reminds me of it's so rough and it sounds like it's sometimes at points undone, but it's supposed to be that way. Mm-hmm. Like some of the cuts of like the audio from like the martial arts flicks, it sounds like it's not supposed to be there, but it is there. Yeah. Um, I can only say I'm, I'm, I'm going to go off like as a person who aspires to rap. Mm hmm. And has rapped over a, a, a fair amount of beats. I'd prefer to rap over the Wu Tang beats. Mm-hmm. I enjoy those more. 
Um, the Dr. Dre beats, they're kind of like for the artists that he put on them. Yeah. They're for the West Coast artists. They're great. Um, the G-Funk, basically, is what yeah. he invented there. Um, sample heavy like crazy. Like you hear like five songs in one <laughs> song. Yeah. Um, sometimes they're not even like samples. It's just like whole rips put in there. Um, it's very cinematic. You know, they'll literally stop for like a skit and then the song comes back in. Um, I, got, I think there's a song called like A Boy With A Gun. That's like like that. I just like the haunting roughness of Enter the Wu-Tang more. Um, it's it's a sound that RZA invented and no one else has like pretty much done. Because mm-hmm. it's like he can only do it. Yeah, There have been Dre impersonators. Now, granted, they've never done it to the level of Dre. But then people who've done it, and they've some people have done a serviceable job of it. It's not like Dre's the only one to do the West Coast sound since. Dre has not produced every single West Coast album that's come out. Yeah. And there's people who have dropped good West Coast albums without Dre. Um, but yeah, Wu-Tang's sound is, is unique to them, and only Wu-Tang can do it. And yeah, some of them beats are just like, wow. And it almost sounds like he made that like, what a fucking like a four track and and, rec- <laughs> and like vinyl records. And yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Wu-Tang pr- production wise. I'm going to link it back to the very beginning. Uh, or no, wait, I think you did one before. No, okay. Very beginning, the 90s versus 2000s thing. Personally, just my personal taste, I go to the 90s. And in fact, I go like 91 to 96. Okay. Um, Wu-Tang, five solo albums. I love that sound. I'm with you all the way on that. That dusty, like I talk about noir. Mm-hmm. It's like noir hip hop. Um, and then that extends to... Uh, like Tribe Called Quest is a little brighter, yeah. Um, but then like um, uh, not Illmatic, uh, f- um, the infamous Mob Deep, like that sound, that New York hip hop sound from the early '90s, early Outkast, early Outkast, mm. yeah, yeah, like the Dungeon Family, yeah. Don't get me started, yeah. Uh, and so that's that's Far Side has some good shit. Uh, yeah, I've never listened to any of this. Yeah, stuff, they got they they're... got some like really good produced shit. Yeah, three six. Oh, so that's actually, I was going to say, the only person that I've heard that comes close to to what the RZA was doing is DJ Paul back in the day. Mm-hmm. I love really early 90s. Like, uh, yeah, like, I forget when it starts, like some of their most early stuff that sounds like the roughest, but I love the sound of that. I love how rough it is to like, uh, whatever it was, chapter cha- chapter one, the end, there, the the triple uh, six. Um, mm-hmm. album like that like Mystic Styles right in the mi- middle of it mm-hmm. all the mixtapes they did kind of with each other back and forth DJ Paul producing most of it that's some of my favorite shit you know it's kind of funny I, when I've always like thought about like there, I, I try to like link sounds to like visuals and like Wu-Tang sounds like almost like you're watching like those early Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies, like how they mm. make New York look. Right. Or it's like steamy. Like, yeah. why is there so much fucking steam? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like uh, dark. Uh, it it, it kind of seems like even though you're in New York, it's some, for a reason, it seems like really dry. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, why? It's just buildings. It's yeah. concrete. And it's night. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like that's how their sound sounded. And um, in, in reverse, I always felt, felt like 3-6 Mafia sounded like underground. Yeah. Like literally underground. Like, oh, yeah. Like, like people doing like uh like revolting in the source mm-hmm. it sounds wet yeah. it sounds muddy it sounds swampy very moist 
or like you know like uh it has like a, a thickness over it yeah that the you hear like you hear the crackle in the wu-tang yeah you know like like the vinyl records playing like you, you don't hear that in in the, in the south version of mm-hmm. it but yeah that's probably is like the closest yeah i do want to say as a side note mm-hmm. this turtles movie banger too yeah banger as well where do the uh the fujis fall in the 90s 96 was yeah. the, the score the score a banger yeah banger of an album great album yeah, yeah. Definitely uh, different in between all that, but definitely great album. All right, so you brought a full circle. That's it. Full circle, That's yeah. It. So uh, full circle, full circle. Shout out to my dogs. Thanks for yeah. having us. Yeah. Um, thanks for coming on. Um, this is the first of many. Um, this show will probably be like a monthly because, you know, I don't put too much on my plate. You know, I rap. I'm trying to do like a little clothing line too now. So, um. Mm. But I wanted to start it with my guys. It only felt right that way. So, guys, thanks for coming on. These were some really fucking good questions. I think the people are... What I like about this, too, is then, then the listeners can pick, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably going to type these up and then put them, like, up on the on the Instagram. Nice. So that people can see it. Um, so if you guys can actually, like, send me that. Um, normally, when I have guests on, you know, I ask them to plug what they're doing. Because normally, I try to have people on who are, like, doing the same things as me. Um my boy, my boy Brian got to get married, so that's his plug. <laughs> Man, I'm about to start a GoFundMe <laughs> for my wedding. Join his <laughs> expenses. Yeah, and uh, you know Mac, one day, one day we're gonna get some movie out of him. Oh yeah, short film or something. Maybe you'll direct the music video video for me. Yeah, tell you, you guys are gonna collaborate. You guys are gonna get an egot together. That'd get be all awesome. The major awards. That'd be awesome. But yeah, uh, so from me to you, from the guests, from my host, I mean, uh, from my guests to my listeners, uh, this is Radar vs. the World. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you back here another time. Peace.